This show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Face Hammer episode 39. It's me, Russ the Face, and I'm joined by the B Dizzle and the T Dizzle. How you doing, guys? Hello, hello. I thought it was, I thought it was Tay Ray now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tay Ray? Yeah, I didn't know if you'd like that. You seem, no, seem I'm not to... a fan. No, I could tell. Um, but we might we might go into that on the South Coast show if we do one um, in more detail. The people that know know. The people that don't know know. Les knows, but he's not here. So um, Les always knows. He knows it all. So uh, uh, welcome to the show. It's uh, we're going to do a bit of a random show. We're not going to go into detail on South Coast or Heat. Two, as we know we haven't covered that yet but that's not a problem so this show we're going to talk about a few uh, new releases and stuff and a little bit about our hobby and um, what we've been up to um, and we're also going to talk a little bit more about the uh, Blades of Corn uh, faction because Terry's um, taken them to an event and he's got some some thoughts and uh, also um, Byron's new hobby project might be corny and spiky and people who follow us on Twitter would have seen some quite awesome pictures and stuff going on and uh maybe if they've been on the twitch stream as well isn't it so uh yeah we'll... yeah i'm seeing some sometimes in focus <laughs> <laughs> some some blurry blurry photos of uh yeah, it's like, your corny like bits. spoiler shots but the model's been out for years <laughs> yeah it's like oh my god what is this blurry picture of this pink thing <laughs> so um Okay then, so to start, um, I think we should probably just talk a little bit about new releases because um, there's been a new product release which is quite cool, um, it's Warhammer Skirmish, so have you guys had a chance to look at this yet? I've had no look at it at all. No, Nothing. I, I've played a game or two. So um, Warhammer Skirmish is uh, basically rules for playing um, small point um Age Sigmar games uh, and this kind of thing would be really cool if you're running a store or you're trying to do like um, a campaign in a day kind of thing uh, it's really quite cool for that um, you basically get a smallish army of uh, guys I think it's about 50 points um, the points aren't the same as the match play points in uh, General's handbook to give you an idea a um, abhorrent gore king is like 24 points so, so what would you say 50 is the equivalent then is that 500 what where no, no it's it's like you get not a lot so for example um there's the four grand alliances uh you've got to have a hero and um say for example um demons of corn blood letters are two points a model the herald of corn is 16 the blood thrones 24 and blood crushes are 11 um, a lot of the stuff isn't in the book so it's not like you can't take Skull Cannons, you can't take Blood Firsters for obvious reasons. Um, but what you could take is, you know, you could take like 10 Blood Letters, um, which would cost you 20 points, and then a Blood Master would be 36. And then, you know, you could take like a couple Blood Crushers, 
So that's going to be uh, 50 points. So I can so, pretend that I'm playing a skirmish army with my current very small selection of pink bloodhounds. Yeah, yeah, and that's nice. exactly what, what you could be doing. Um, and with the campaign, uh, what happens when you, um, as you're playing in, in the uh, the campaign, there's some special missions, um, and then you you get uh, like rewards at the end, and you get more renown, is what they call it, not points. Um, and then you can buy more stuff, and... Um, yeah, you play through it like that, and you can play a bunch of games today. It's for a f- like it's five pounds, um, and oh. even if you just bought it and you and your mates played over a week on on like a day whilst getting drunk, it would be well worth it. It'd just be a nice little day. And if you're starting a new army, it's perfect because you can literally go, "I'm going to paint a few bits for my army and then play with them," and. Um, yeah, actually, I played with my Bloodbound. I played a little game. My army was not very good. <laughs> um, uh, Stormcast seemed to be pretty good in skirmish, just to let people know. Uh, Is that Stormcast or Judicators? Uh, Judicators and Relictors are pretty good at uh, <laughs> in skirmish, to be honest. Um, I, I basically played with um, an aspiring uh, Deathbringer, um, and then some blood warriors, um, one wrathmonger, one one uh, um, skull reaper, um, and that was about it. So it wasn't a lot. Um, I got I got pretty tanked by uh, Judicator Primes uh, firing their D six uh, shot bow. Um. <laughs> that seems like a bit seems like a bit of a bargain at that point, doesn't it? Yeah, they're six points for adjudicator. Now the way it works is you can only have one unit of each thing. Uh, they they're all individual in the game, like they're all individually activated, individually moved. They don't have to stay in coherency. So you can't take three adjudicator primes. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So you can only have one. And if you need like ten guys for a certain thing, you you know, if it's like every five can have a weapon. Then you can't. You could take six guys, and two of them could have a weapon. But you couldn't take. Uh, you couldn't take like, you know, like two guys both with a special weapon or or something like that. Yeah. Um, banners and command have like a bubble around them, like a six inch bubble. So you can still use those abilities, but they don't. Um, some of them don't do anything. Like the the healing doesn't do anything. You can't summon. Um, you can have wizards. Um, so, but obviously, if you mystic shield something, it's one model. If you, uh, but Bolt's quite powerful in there, but it's 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 really cool. Um, they've also released, and you'll probably be quite excited about this, Byron, the double stacked uh, Garden of Moor, which is the Sigmarite Mausoleum. Have you seen yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So it's I've uh, got the most love awesome kit, kit uh, re-released. Get double the amount in the box, and um, perfect for skirmish. Absolutely perfect. Um, and they've also done a Soul Blight Necropolis battle map. Have you seen that? I have, yes. It's it's awesome. That's like a four foot by four foot. Um, I think it's neoprene, you know, like the wetsuit material mat. Yeah. Um, and um, obviously with the mausoleum. And they've released some box sets as well. So there's like oh, different they're so sweet. They're, they're really cute. cool, aren't they? Cute. Like if you look at like the Iron Jaws one, I think it comes with like a weird knob, um, like five brutes, um, and like four or five Ard boys, and it's like a little warband. And there's a Gore Tide one, which is like 
you know, um, like a couple Skull Reapers, a couple Wrathmongers, um, some Blood Warriors, and an Exalted um, Deathbringer. Actually, looks very similar to the army I took, and that's like, and they're pretty good value, you know. They're they're forty pound retail, but from Element, they're obviously like about thirty two pound. You know, I um, think the um, basically a start collecting and one of these is a really really good or like two of one and one of the other is is a shorthand is a very good way to go about getting a good selection of things. Yeah, and like the any army starts that way very easily. Yeah, and I think what's really cool about um, skirmish is is you could you could if you're working on like a new army like I'm working on my my Karadron overlords, um, I could paint a few models and play games of skirmish with them and then see what kind of stuff I like and then then build more paint more of it and as as you go through the campaign you get more points so you could buy different models and add it to your army um just means there's a point towards doing things on a smaller level as well isn't it yeah. and testing stuff out because I'm, I'm sure plenty of people particularly those of us who are into painting are like they may love the idea of doing uh well I'm, I'm saying this because the 40k releases but they might yeah. love the idea of doing a nurgle force or something like that but you don't want to do an entire one but you've always loved the models like that is a perfect perfect amount to do something that's not going to take you too long will look really really pretty but then there's a natural point and a use to it and you can put yeah. it in one shelf of your cabinet and you can use it for any, like, I'm sure events are going to start doing this stuff on the Friday and things like that. You might get to get yeah. some prizes for painting or for playing or whatever. Uh-huh. And there's a natural point. And then if, when in the future, you decide, actually, no, I want to step it up. Like, there, it's a really good reason. I mean, it's perfect marketing from Games Workshop. It's a really good reason to have, like, five different armies in small amounts. And then your own, like, your, like whatever it is, a seventh or a sixth of the way yeah. to... And what's great about bigger. it, you might go, I want to play Iron Jaws, I don't want to paint a 2,000 point army, but I could buy a £32 box from Element and paint my five brutes, five hard boys and a weird knob and have enough to play Warhammer Skirmish campaign with my mates. And I can sit on a Saturday, build it, and then on the Sunday we can play a tournament, uh, and well, play a campaign, and then at the end we, we know we won that campaign, but basically we've had a lot of fun over that weekend for the small investment of a £5 book and a £32 box set. So I think absolutely perfect. Um, so I'd say I spend a load of time on those models, yeah. it's not that many models. No. I mean, I did it's it. I remember back in the day when I was um, I was at, well, this must be when I was working at Games Workshop, actually, um, and there was a uh, 40K in 40 minutes. Did you Did you ever hear of that? It was uh, no, like a it was like no, a small format forty k and it was designed for uh, school lunchtime, where it came about, and um, we did a forty k in forty minute uh, tournament, and we all bought a what they call a battle force box set um, on the Friday. Yeah, battalion or something, didn't we? Yeah, I think they were battle forces and the Warhammer ones were battalions, and then we we went round my mate's house. Um, we had a, he had an open house, and we got a bunch of beer, got a bunch of pizzas, built models, chatted, went to bed stupidly late with our models primed, uh, got up on Saturday, painted all day, um, played our first game Saturday night, um, had a bit more beer and a bit more pizza. Then Sunday we played uh, four games, 
um, and everyone played everyone, and we had a little prize, and by the end of the weekend, we had painted a small army, had a lot of fun, and ate a lot of pizza and drank a lot of beer, and it was really good. And this is the sort of thing you could do with um, this product, I think. And also, what's really good is if you are at a younger age, and obviously you shouldn't be drinking beer, then you could be doing this in your local store or in your school club, and also events if you want to run on a Saturday night or like a beer and pretzels type uh, game on the Saturday night at your event. Perfect. It's a perfect thing to dip in and dip out, and I think we'll probably be using it at Facehammer, I imagine, in some uh, way, shape, or form. I would love to see some Friday. Really- yeah, some really good-looking armies, like little. Yep. That'd be ace to see. So I think we might run this on the Friday or maybe potentially on the Saturday night, depending on what we're doing. Um, and and it'll be really cool that we can get people getting ready for that now. Um, so when the pack goes up shortly, um, yeah, we can advertise that. But I just thought it was a really cool thing they've done, and it's a nice little gateway gateway drug into um age of sigma which i think is awesome um, definitely i think what's really good about it is they've almost said we're not just gonna do a white dwarf article or you know do something in stores we're just gonna actually almost make it as a as an official thing as a way to play one of their, oh, exactly. you know, their kind of coined ways to play if you walk into like i don't know dave the owner's hobby train shop He's not going to know anything about that. He's not going to be running a campaign. No. But there is a box, and there's a six-quid book or whatever it is that goes with that box, yeah. and you're done. It's amazing, and it's, it requires people to not think, and it helps people have fun, which is the way to do things, really. Yeah, and you'll get loads of entertainment out of it. If you've already got armies, you, you don't even need to buy models. You can just pick up your old, you know, whatever you've got lying around and do it. But, I mean, if you wanted to do, like, you're thinking, oh, I'd quite like to do it, like a little... Little, even if you've got Silver Tower, I think you can use those models to do do a small war. That's a very good idea. Like, pick up the book, pick up that, share it with your mate, done. Yeah, it's like if you've if you've been playing Silver Tower and you think, do you know what? I might actually want to give Age of Sigma a go, but I've only bought you know Silver Tower or or you know the other the other one, Warhammer Quest version, uh, something over Hammerfall, whatever it's called. You might go, well, actually, I just I just want to play play that. You know, you I mean, with with Nurgle, you can take Gut Rot Spoon and Putrid Blood Kings. Well, you know, they're seven points each, Blight Kings. That's, you know, so you could just take a, a bunch of Blight Kings and gut rot spoon at 24, and you've got a nice little force there, you know. Quite themed, quite cool. You could take Plague Bearers as well, Harold and Nurgle, Nurglings, Plague Drones as well, if you really want to. It's free, yeah. So it's, it's really like, nice. You done. could do a nice little themed little Nurgle army. Um, you could take Zinch Arcanut. So, like I was saying, if you've got um, Silver Tower, uh, Kyrak Acolytes, Zangors, Gaunt Summoner. Um, it's general. You can take Zangor Shaman. You can take Skyfires. Wow. <laughs> um, Zangor in line. How many points are they? Just because that's topical currently. <laughs> uh, not enough. Um, 11. <laughs> 11 points. Um, so, yeah, that's not too bad. Like a Slaughter Priest is 20, and I think they're pretty good at skirmish. Um, and Death Zombies are one point. So you could take 50 zombies. You know, wow. That'd be amazing. You know, Are just the requirements take... like do you have to have a leader or anything? Or yeah, you, you have say... to have a leader. Um but you you don't have to take like um anything super super like you know, you, you've got when you eventually when you get up to higher points, I think a hundred's the cap. So you could literally play for a hundred points, you could go, Well I'll take, you know, like twenty skellies, 
um, 40 zombies and a white king, you know, and some grave guard, and it'll be 100, you know. Yeah. It'll be a nice little, nice little death rattle themed army, you know. And you, you could just you could just take Death Rattle, you could take you know, the White King and the Skellies and the Zombies, and it's got, I think there's their own command traits in there and their own artifacts as well. There's some special ones for Skirmish designed for that level, so um, if you don't like the ones you've got, you can pick those. And yeah, I, I think it's a really good product. Like, actually, um, I played a little bit of it last Friday, um, and... Yeah, it was. Although I got shot by Stormcast, um, I could definitely see it being cool. And I think the best way to play it is just to have as much terrain on the table as you can actually get your hands on. Like all the Age of Sigmar um, terrain is fantastic for it. You know, having like fighting over like you know even like the um, if you had like the corn um, fort stuff like that. Uh, yep. Lots of scatter terrain and just literally just pack the whole table with it and it'd be really, really fun because everyone's an individual and you'll be like, oh, this guy's going to run up over this wall or he's going to climb up here and you could stand in the, you could get your wizard standing in the Oculus, you know, just throwing fireballs out when people like having to run up the wall to get to him and yeah, yeah, really cool. I think um, definitely uh, if, you, if you're having a bit of a, want to have a bit of a get together with your mates, it'd be a perfect thing to pick up for the day. I think it'd be a really, really good day out. And there's pictures. Yeah, let us know. Let us know if you you play Skirmish and tell us your broken combos. Um, how many Skyfires did you take and how many people did you make cry? Um, I have uh, one of the things I do like is the pink horror for three points. Um, obviously that being, seems really dumb. Being a wizard. Um, so so you, you just take like 10 for 30 points and yeah but only only it. one's a wizard only one's a wizard because okay. they're one unit right okay so you just take one and he's not you just take one on his own <laughs> just your, your mixed chaos wizard. army just three points there's your wizard covered yeah that's amazing <laughs> and you could even yeah. do the shenanigans <laughs> you could do some real shenanigans i think with some of the stuff you could take but um i i think that's the fun that's part of the fun you know um, I wrote a little Karadron skirmish army, which I'd quite like to play with, but uh, I have to get some friends around, I think, get some beers on, play some skirmish. Sounds good. So I suppose we should talk about it because it's it's everywhere and it's amazing, even though this is an Age of Sigma podcast. Um, 40k looks all right. 40k looks pretty good, doesn't it? It's like, it's like, oh, we did this Age of Sigma thing. Uh, we learned a lot from it, and we're going to improve on it. Everything from it. Yeah. yeah, I've completely stayed away from any rules at all. I haven't oh. got a clue what the game is like, but the models look cool. The models are cool. The new box set—I think they went even up today. The Nurgle models, and even the Space Marines. Like, I love the. Um, there's like a unit. What are they called? They're called Hellblaster Squad, and um, they've got like extended barrel plasma guns, and they just look. They just look badass but i really like the lord of contagion i think he looks absolutely is that the awesome typhus looking dude? yeah the guy yeah, with he's the big a axe it's just like I'd, look uh, at that model i think you could just do a tiny bit of work and slot him in as a nurgle lord into an aos army you probably could change the axe head just he the axe head take out the little point. chain wheels all that nurgle stuff is just screening outfit and it's nurgle so converting wise it's very easy to wrap something in tentacles or hide hide something behind slime or whatever it is you want to do. I think they it's really, his back um, banner that I like the most. Yeah. 
they've really leaned into the horn style stuff that was sort of on the Maga Flords and the Blight Kings. Yeah. They, they really are liking those horns. Um, the Plague Bearer dude wearing a uh, like a lab coat's pretty uh, <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't sure on the poxwalkers. They look a little bit they look a bit weird. I um, think a little bit of work. Normal plague bearer heads, you could slot them into an AOS plague bearer unit, and they just look really cool. Yeah, some of them definitely because they don't have any kind of futuristic stuff on them. Have you seen yeah. the one that's in like the gimp suit? Yes, he's got like a little rubber gimp suit on. He's That's amazing. He's a uh, um, yeah, and obviously got the guy in the big lab coat. So uh, definitely, definitely some fun being had with those models. I think so. Um, and there's like the book, and they've got like the little compendium books that are coming out, and you know, like they've got like the index Xenos and the index Chaos, and they've got like combat gauges and. Tactical objective yeah, cards and not the original gangster. It's not. Age. It's not as quite as swag. It looks a lot less. A uh, lot less heavy Expensive. metal with a, <laughs> with a neck piece. Um, it's probably less of a weapon, less of a weight, and less of a price. I probably, imagine. I imagine so. But that that there is uh, definitely the swag factor of the Age of Sigma combat gauge is still doing this. Does it for me? Um, even even like and you know command dice. Don't know anything about the game, but black and green dice, and they look cool. Um, yeah, forty k. I'm really excited to give it a go because I've played it in the past, and um, I think if there's any, if they're going to simplify it, um, like I had a moment this year when I was looking at doing a Gene Stealer Cult Army for a small campaign. Um, and I picked up the book off eBay, the limited edition one, and I, I looked at the rules, and I, I just went, no, too much, can't get into this. Um, there's, t- it's, it's just, it's just too, and and even like I could get into it, but it was going to require more effort than I was willing to put in for something I didn't want to play as my main game. It's return on investment, isn't it? Well, yeah, what's exactly. Your, what's your hobby ROI? Yeah. That's it's like what do I want out of this for the time I'm going to put in, and I was just like I'm not willing to commit to it. It's too much. Um, but yeah, forty um, k looks amazing. Um, I'm sure there's going to be tons of it this year. So uh, uh, I know some guys Strap have <laughs> started up a forty k podcast. So if you are interested, um, based yes, based on um, Andy Talbot. Gary Hennessy and um, Chris Tomlin of Black Sun and Age of Sigra. Those guys have done, um, obviously, podcasts for their veterans, and they are top guys, and they're doing a 40K podcast, um, which we will link in the show notes. I would highly recommend to support those guys because um, they're obviously part of the Age of Sigma community, and if we can support them with their podcast, that's cool. Um, I'm sure there's some others out there that are going to spring up, Um but yeah, I'd say that's that's probably the one I would go to to listen to first for my if I wanted to sort of get into 40k and it'd be quite cool because they're obviously going to have the viewpoint of um, Age of Sigma players getting into 40k. So it's very funny listening to them try to use the appropriate um, words verbiage. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's rend or AP or um, yeah, it's. Um, they did pretty well actually i was surprised although when gary had had half a cider things got uh things got a little bit more loosey-goosey oh well, that's cool I, I think that's that adds to the charm though doesn't it it does definitely. so i mean i haven't listened yet but they've got one show out is it 
Yeah. Just the one, yeah. Just the one. So <clears> I might <throat> give it a listen. Um I'll give it a listen tomorrow. I think I think good. if you're you know, if you're looking at you're interested in forty K and you're thinking, yeah, it's cool, then I would definitely check that out. Um we're we're probably not gonna do anything like that on our show because we don't play forty K. Um never say never, but you know, we're we just really can't and talk about that. That's generic, isn't it? That's got yeah. universal crossover appeal. Yeah. And we should probably move on for new releases because we've we've talked a bit about that. So yeah, it's a bit a bit unusual, isn't it? I know. It's a bit unusual, but I, I actually the skirmish thing was like I didn't expect it, didn't know it was coming and, and when it came it was like actually this is really cool. Uh and forty K likewise. Um I I wasn't really that bothered about it and then I've seen stuff and I'm like, Oh, it's quite exciting, isn't it? Who knew Just hats off to Games Workshop for learning. Like that's I would I'm very happy obviously I am because I own a business in this industry, but I'm very happy to live in a world where they take things on board and in a fairly short time frame can completely change and, and show a new approach and uh, just embracing how things should be done. They've done such a good job. The coverage has been incredible. And as a result, the hype is amazing. It's really good to see. Yeah, and I'm, I'm expecting to see bigger and better things as the year goes on. And um, Warhammer Fest is this weekend. I'm not, I'm not going, but um, if you are, then feel free to tell the people there I'm, how I'm great things are. I'm not going. I really wanted to go yeah. and see Golden Demon this year because they're doing their limited Golden Demon Gold Slayer Sword. Oh, really? Because it's an anniversary, the, isn't it? Because it's an anniversary one. and I think the level of painting is just going to be unreal. Yeah, I so, bet. I mean, like, you're never going to get that golden uh, sword again, are you? So, it, I might be able to get in down on the Sunday. I don't know because I'm away this weekend, so that's why I'm not going to Warhammer Fest. But I might be able to get down for the Sunday. Uh, yeah, it does look amazing. I think. Uh, yeah. What's the schedule there? Is there a? Are they doing a tournament? It's two days, isn't it? What? Four tournaments. Are there? There's, loads of, there's loads going on. Really? Golden if I'm honest, I, yeah, they've one for each system. There's a Blood Bowl yeah. one. There's a of Age Sigma one, there's a forty. Are they two one. days or is it turned up on a day or don't know. Um I haven't looked at it too hard because basically um I couldn't knew I couldn't go, so I didn't want to do it. But if you are at the weekend and you can't make it and you're sad, it's all being streamed on Twitch. So you could just watch it at home while you do hobby, which is probably what I'll end up doing. Bank holiday weekend, watch other people have fun while I sit indoors and play with models. I just yeah. scrape some bud letters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, that's a, probably a good Segway. segue. So, um, our show today, obviously, we're going to talk about corn, but I think we need to talk a little bit about hobby. Um, so, Byron, what hobby have you been up to? Okay, uh, so I have, well, obviously, I've been, I've disappeared for a while um, and I've come back. And I wanted to start something entirely new, entirely different. And uh, yeah, that's it really. And I, I I did my normal thing of scattershotting and trying to like think up 17,000 different armies and plan one that was going to be all golden demon level stuff. And I had like, I did the normal like toing and froing. And actually, what I decided to do was I would write some articles about how I should go about doing things. So um, they should be coming out fairly soon. But I had a debate about continuing with my order, um, but mm. kind of they're, they're very hampered by the lack of battle line and that it's just 
it's not an age of sigma army i don't need them i don't mean the models i love the models i will always love those models i mean it's just that is well that's basically like a kind of like a seventh edition bodged into eighth edition fantasy army now squeezed not very well into age of sigma it just you've you've milked it enough really haven't you well it just it just doesn't fit like it it doesn't it's not made with playing this game in mind so just gotta let it go and move on well, or paint, 40, or paint we, 40 spearmen. <laughs> Let it go! Or paint 40 spearmen, or something like that, which... Nah. <laughs> okay. Not well, to that level, surely. Well, exactly, and that's that's kind of what I've... One of the things I cover in the article. If you ever start an army at that level, then you're ensuring that whenever you decide you want to make a change, it better be an individual character. Otherwise, you're, you're going to be playing with that change in six months' time, and that indeed is what I've done. So... The way I retrofitted that army into Age of Sigma is to add um, four Stormcast characters and a couple more wizards um, from High Elves. Um, and I did that rather than paint the troops because then I could paint six things rather than 60. Um, so I debated that briefly and then thought, well, actually, uh, I value my sanity it's more than that. It's good to move on, isn't it? It is. I mean, I've, Put the turquoise away, move on. Well, you say that. I was One of my rules for the army was meant to be avoiding it, but I didn't manage. And other people told me that I should do it. So you went, oh, I, I need a of... spot colour. All turquoise, that'll work. Well, I, I like, three three different sources recommended that I use it from different places. So, like, you got to... enough of an excuse for you, isn't it? But, yeah, definitely. I was like, all right, if you say so. Okay, um, force me. So I had um, so that I have my old tiles. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to like the army is painted at a really high level. I I do love turquoise. People might have heard. Um, I would dearly like to bring them out for an event. It'd have to be one where I didn't care about. Like I don't I don't normally Skirmish. go into events and like I'm going to be super competitive. But um, I'd have to really not care that much about playing most of it um, on the very very bottom tables, just because I don't think they'd be very effective. Um, but I've played with them. I've played with my death, and the death were like it's a very elite, um, elite army. And basically, what I realised was that if I wanted to do something completely different, I just needed an army where battle line mattered. Yeah, and that was it. So, like, and that so was... why not death then? Because they've obviously got a lot of a lot of like. There's, I mean, you you played a guy who had a lot of death rattle in his army at the heat and did you think about doing death rattle as a as a horde army or did you Yeah. I I did and I could fairly fast, but I also I've been I've been really thirsting for doing a I say a speed painted army. What I mean by that is an army that is got out faster than you should be able to get out an army that quality. So obviously there is an emphasis on getting it out in less time than two years. But um I wanted to do it's been a long while since I did uh, an army where I was aiming to get it done fast and have it striking and it's been a while since I've done an army where I've really sat down and like just smashed my head against the desk and, and thought about things before doing the army itself mm. um, almost like you so, spent longer on the planning stage yeah because, like, because really, a lot of the time I, you, you get models put them in front of you and, and almost plan as you go and to find your feet and then carry on 
Yeah, and I, I mean, I do fine with doing that. I, I know my way around a, a painting desk, but um, it's yeah, I wanted to sit down and, and properly consider things, and I did want a new fresh start as well. And that was so there was probably there was the fact that I wanted battle line. I didn't want something. I I didn't want to reinvigorate an old army. And um, I wanted to consider something. And also part of me had, had been really like I'd missed writing articles and thinking about stuff on a, a really like techie level, however you want to describe it. So um, essentially, I thought I needed Battleline and at almost exactly the same time as I was thinking that the Blades of Corn book was released. Mm. So um, kind of answered it. I've done Demons before. I like Blood Letters and... I wanted to play something that played a little bit differently. So th- the battle line does that. And also visually um, that would ensure that they look different. And there are a lot of options in that book. And I was quite excited about it. So that was, that well, was that's always of... the best place to start with an army is be excited, right? Yeah. I've said that, said that throughout like is there's no point painting stuff you don't care about. So, I mean, I but might what not if care. It's really good and you just want to win. Well, um, <laughs> Then you'll probably paint. You'll probably paint more than five. (laughs) You'll probably paint more than five blood warriors if that's the case, Um, (laughs) or none, and just paint twenty-seven sky fires. (laughs) Um, Did you? So, corn. Then you decided you were going to do corn. Yeah, it was mostly Uh, like a gaming as well as a painting decision. It wasn't just. Yeah, it's absolutely both, like, pretty much hand in hand. Uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to play with something I think looks shy, and I'm not going to... Um... Something that plays badly. Yeah, like, mm. that. I could be doing my high if that was the case. Um... Oh, in Jaws, what? <laughs> oh, I didn't know that bad, come on. Yeah, not that bad. So, um, I've already got some of them as well. Um, but I, yeah, I didn't... Also, this kind of rounds it out. I've now got an order army, a destruction army, uh... I've got a death army and I'm about to have a chaos army, so I get to take take that. Cool. I think yeah, I'm thinking cool. of downsizing, but that's another thing. <laughs> so um so yeah, I've I've settled on corn and I kind of to and froed between lists. Like I um I've I i did not know exactly where I'd be. My first stop was to listen to the podcast. Um I listened to it a few times and got some ideas there and I kind of came out of that with a like a starting point. And I was still very much in the the speed painting frame of mind when I originally started, mm. so that was, and also like I think visually this army would look awesome, and I will do it at some point. And I saw an army that looked like it maybe at Heat One, which was um, a, a murder host council. I've called it so it was um, four units of blood letters, two thirties, two tens, um, a skullmaster. And three bloodthirsters, and that's a uh, that's two battalions in there. That's the murder host and the council of blood. And there's like you could display that as thirty blood letters, thirty blood letters, twenty blood letters, and each of them would have a bloodthirster standing behind them. And then you'd have your one skullmaster in the middle, and it would look amazing. Like is that so? Is that the list you're going for? No, no, okay, no. So I thought like I didn't. I will do that at some stage because my like my god, do I want to represent that on a table? It just looked fantastic. Um, it only has one thing of middle height, um, the mm-hmm. uh, the skullmaster, and it possibly doesn't quite have enough variety in it. I mean, it's either a... it's just two things, right? Bloodlust yeah. and thirsters. So yeah. <laughs> exactly, um, it would be extremely fast to paint. Um, It'd be cool. 
Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure there would be some games where your your bloodthirst has got to wreck the world. Uh, incidentally, in the list, I had um, two Wrath of Corns and an Incensenate Rage one. Came out exactly 2,000 points and two drops. Internet Rage. Bloodthirst yep. <laughs> of Internet Rage, I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let's, before we get into your list then, let's talk about your colour scheme and why and what you're doing. And just, okay. just go through that and then we'll talk about the list that you're going to paint first because obviously when you paint an army you don't just go this is my one list paint it move on you'll you'll probably do different armies for different events and add extra models that's what we talked about earlier but you obviously start somewhere so um first thing color scheme then what you're doing so i i did test models that's that's fairly important i guess um i did a yellow and purple accented one which everyone told me was a a mental idea but then quite a few people liked how it looked i tried out something a bit high concept which was kind of um a metallic base coat with the new oh it's the forge world is it angron red the forge world one yeah with that glazed over it which looked pretty good but if i was going for absolute speed that would be the one that i do because you could do something like super effective incredibly incredibly fast and you like if you were going to go for like absolute min maxing uh, visual appeal and time efficiency that would have been the way to go but the one i stuck with was um probably i don't know if it or it or your yellow was the weirdest but was a um was a purple scheme and i have i scraped the eyes off the blood letter as well um which i wanted things to look really alien like i think demons look their best when they're their most demony and kind of like all, all naked and weird and almost like kind of underwatery in how they look. They just look like something that's from um, from like from another planet, which is what you're after. Um, and so I went with a really, really simple but very carefully thought out scheme, which basically goes from dark purple to light purple. And there's kind of hints of it's a warm one. There's hints of brown in the recesses and. Um, yeah, it, it looked pretty good. I put it up for public vote, essentially, for people to pick, although I was completely prepared to ignore people if I disagree with them. And, um, yeah, a lot of people seem to like the purple. So I went with that. It's only got about four different colours on it. And then, basing-wise, I've gone on the other end of the colour wheel, which is uh, yellow. I've taken a really, really bright yellow, but I've used the same brown that's in the base of the purple, um to knock that back and also to keep coherency between the model and its base um to make and i've done sandy bases but um i currently my plan is to use the what they are they shattered dominion the bases yep yep yeah shattered dominion is to mass produce them because they are incredibly fast i've customized them a bit so i've put a little bit of slate on them some some tentacles but it's to produce those incredibly fast on mass, stick the entire army on it, and then make the decision whether I want to put them on anything more fancy in the future. Um, I'm quite pleased with how they look. They're just a bit flat. It's weird, uh, isn't it, since Age of Sigma come out and people have been rebasing armies, how now sometimes when you plan the project, you go, oh, I, I might do something else for the basin, but this will do for now, and I might rebase them later. And it's like it's almost become an acceptable thing because we're so used to it now. Like yeah. rebasing an army, yeah, what a big deal. But back in like seventh uh, or eighth edition, I would never have thought about doing an army and then just changing the basin halfway through or, or 
you know. So I think it's quite uh, quite interesting that that Age of Sigmar's kind of given us that hobby skill. Is it a skill? I guess it's a skill. Yeah. And a change of attitude as well, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's it. So the, the scheme is essentially all the flesh is going from, uh, like, a deep purple to a lighter purple, and then the dots on the blood letters that are all over them, they're, they're just straight-up white, which looks quite striking. The metals are done in thrash metal from Scale 75, which is kind of exactly halfway between silver and gold. Um, it's a really nice colour. And the armor panels, so whether that is a um, a juggernaut or it's the bloodbound that are going to be in the army um, on their armored sections, they're essentially exactly the same. But rather than going from dark purple, light purple, white, they go uh, they go up and they go through a bone color. Um, and that's it basically. Apart from the fact that uh, after showing some pictures. A lot of people suggested that I give them jade swords, so they have uh, they have turquoise weapons. <laughs> yeah, which turned, I was going to say which turned into turquoise. So yeah, that's pretty cool. And you've done some you've done juggernaut and you've done a blood warrior, haven't you? I've and done, you've done some like almost like weathering on the armor. Is that is that what you've done? Yeah, so that I've painted it completely like a tank. Like every single when I took my my painting class on how to paint um, how to paint. I was I did a rhino or predator or something like that. It's all done like that. So the model's been airbrushed, so it gets lighter towards the top between the um, uh, like dark purple um, bone and then really light bone on top. And I mean really, really light, like pretty much white. It's been airbrushed like that. Then all the metals have been uh, base coated, and then I've used chipping with a sponge. Um, so I've just got. Uh, I think I mixed doom bold brown with black and kind of uh, spooge that on in bits that looked fairly effective and then the entire thing has been washed heavily with oil washes after varnish so i've completely treated it as if it's a tank um i'm not quite sure i've got five blood warriors in front of me that i need to test out um the oil washes on armor on infantry like everything smaller when it's not a juggernaut i think it should still work and should still look good and obviously, yeah, I can I spend so. a bit more, a bit more time on the characters, but um, yeah, but it's uh, it's been interesting actually. It's been a while since I've sat down because, like, I've consulted the color wheel heavily. I've really thought about it. I've written about it as I'm doing it. So, are you are you kind of taking techniques you've already learned, and you're expanding on them in terms of like trying to push that, or are you just doing stuff you're comfortable in? You're in your comfort zone. And you're just applying that. That's a really good question. Um, so how far out of your comfort zone do you feel with this army? Or you kind of like, I've learned all these techniques doing other things and now I'm just bringing it all together and I'm comfortable with it and I'm just, I'm not really pushing my hobby. I'm just bringing different things in together into one new composition, if that's the way to yeah. describe it. I, yeah, I think it's exactly that. But the thing I'm pushing is trying to it sounds really weird like a really weird thing to say but i'm really trying to make it work like really really hard so um i mean bringing that together and and doing these kind of like all these things together is is in itself trying to get the final result looking how you almost imagine it to look is probably a technique in itself if that makes sense yeah it's 
it's really hard i'm very worried that after like when i do my second unit of buzzers i'll look completely different <laughs> um, you're worried about consistency is that is that something you because you, i i know before like it's something that's quite hard to achieve with armies and it makes quite a big impact doesn't it to the the overall it does look. i mean i've got a very very small amount of paints that i'm using which helps and because there are uh, there's going to be at least 60 bud letters in it. I can kind of just mix them all together. So that, that through mass repetition and the fact that they've all got really bright white heads and and spots of white on them, they should kind of, they're trying to trick people into making them look exactly uniform. Um, I think that'll work. The other, the thing I'm really pushing is just, I'm trying to approach it like almost academically, I guess, like yeah. thinking really about it so all the techniques i've used before i've not necessarily used them on the type of models at all so i'm using like tank painting techniques on the shoulder pads of fantasy infantry which is a bit odd um but uh yeah it's uh it's stuff i've not touched for a while definitely actually because it's it's all um it's gone it's going back to kind of doing a load of stages and then glazing the entire thing to knock it back and then doing highlights afterwards or it could just be that i've not painted simple models in ages yeah, but I mean, you're. I mean, I'm quite interested to see how it all comes together. But you've you've put some pictures up on our Twitter feed, haven't you? And yep. um, you've That's done a little bit of Twitch Twitch streaming, haven't you? Yeah, I tested that out for the first time the other day. Um, Terry gave <laughs> Terry gave me emotional and technical support while I tried to work out <laughs> how to work um, OBS and stuff like that. We tested it out. Um, Are you planning to do a bit more of that? Is that, is yeah. that something you? So we'll we'll probably announce that through Twitter when you're going to do some live streaming and people can tune in. Yeah, um, definitely. I'll, I'll try it and I'll try and have it scheduled earlier in the week. That might not always happen. So like, ideally I'd say uh, I put out a tweet on the weekend saying like this Wednesday, I'm going to be, if there's any, like any one thing in particular that I'm looking to do. So for instance, I'm going to, I've got oil washes to do on the bloodbound that I did over the weekend. And yeah. people are always asking about that. So, um, ideally i'd say like uh, i put out a tweet and say like okay this thursday night i'm doing this or next wednesday or whatever so i'm going to try and do it like that it might realistically be that i say like half an hour before i do it this is going to happen in half an hour tune in um, we were we were thinking about as well because um um you could stream and we could have a skype call up and the people in the chat would be able to hear us and we'd be able to see the chat as well because we'd be in the chat room ourselves um, we could do like a face hammer hobby day um where we we're all doing hobby um but obviously it'll probably be camera will be on what byron's doing and um there's no reason it can't be on multiple people well, there you go we could do that and then we could share yeah share what we're doing and and people could ask us questions and share what they're doing and it would just be a a cool a cool thing yeah and people can be get ask us for advice or tips and and we can just hang out and chat and i think we might try and arrange that and do that a bit more kind of structured but um yeah let us know if if it's if people are interested then we'll we'll sort of try and get that together so if anyone's got particular experience with obs or twitch or stuff like that as well do um do feel free to get in contact with some technical support because God knows I'm a Luddite. Like I cannot, (laughs) (laughs) I really need help with anything like that. Like um, it's focusing fine on my models for now and the lighting is good. So that's enough of a start, but in terms of uh, finishing touches and the kind of the, uh, I guess the template that you're presenting it in to the world is a, that's the bit where we need some help. 
I think a lot of that will come later when it when we're um when you get when a, bit more, a bit more established or you're a bit more comfortable <laughs> with it. Um, yeah, definitely. So, um, okay, cool. So you you got your color scheme, you got some models up, and we'll put that in the notes. So let's let's put a pin in that for now. Um, uh, Terry, you been doing any hobby? You got anything working on, on corn as well? Yeah, you're doing corn too. Yeah. Anything funky with your color scheme, or you going a bit more traditional? I'm going traditional corn, but very bright red, okay. not dulled down with black washes and brown washes or anything. It's They're not going. Like... They're not going darker towards the end of their limbs or anything like uh, that. They will go black towards their feet and hands. I like um, how that looks. But the red on the main like bodies will almost go up to like an orangey red, like very. So you're, very, you're talking about like... blood letters here. Yeah. So like my Skaven, they're going to be very bright. What about, have you done any Blood Warriors? Are you thinking about how you're going to yeah, do those? Yeah, got, got them as well. They're going to be done pretty much the same way. Um, right, okay, cool. Got so what 12... you're carrying on there, they're going to have really bright fresh or uh, flesh, or are you going to, like, because the armor and the flesh is, is the problem, I think, when you've got you've got traditional demons of corn corn, and then you've got bloodbound corn, it's which bits you make universal. So does everyone have pink skin? and red armor or stuff like that how are you approaching that bit um i'll probably do them very similar to my skaven skin but paler do like a purpley mix in it like purple wash into it or something just to make it more of an off sickly skin but otherwise i'm going to keep the red the same across all the models mm-hmm. um and just wing it and just see how it just see how it works i'm hoping that the the armor will be so vibrant and everything that the skin if it's quite muted will will look good how many yeah, blood warriors are you intending on doing? Uh, just 20, two tens. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> just dry brushing, that's what I end up doing. Just dry brushing. Uh, I started painting them blood like, brushes no. as well. Yeah, yeah, they're cool. Yeah, converted um, Juggerlord that I'm working on. Um, should look amazing. Yeah, some other bits and pieces in there, some characters. Obviously a Blood Secreta banner. Um, I'm doing a different basing scheme as well. Okay. So not even yeah. your pink tentacles. Um, I kind of like that, but I'm going to do this corn army as a separate army. Oh, okay, and, so you're not going then, Grand Alliance. Yeah, I'm just going to keep it as a Blades of Corn army. Well, and then cool. at a later date, if I go, I really want to run mixed corn again, I'll just pull 30 blood letters off and put them on bases. Yeah, is, there like... a way, is there a way for you to... I mean, I've always wondered this when people are doing that, like... I haven't seen it yet, but people displaying armies as two separate forces. I mean, that's almost kind of 40k in presentation. Old 40k, I don't know what the new 40k I, will be I like. I don't know, like, alright, as a TO for South Coast, I think if just, I turned it, up... You'd just get dot points, wouldn't you? Yeah, with half of it on, I don't know, desert basing, and half of it on snow basing, go, well, my zinch is on snow, my corn's on desert. Um, do I still get cohesion? No. So I've always imagined a really cool display board that meets and changes in the middle. So you've got it, like, let's take the idea from, like, it goes from, like, uh, base of the mountains, like, snowy patches to, like, scrubland or something. Someone and... did it with an Eldar army. They had a gateway thing, and they had an avatar or something in the middle. Then they had, like, jungle-themed spacing, striking scorpions in one, like, quarter of it. Then snow dire avengers in another and then sort of um, like a death alien world banshees or something, and all the different basing all splintered out, but then they all connected via a display base in the middle. 
I think like awesome. Like I think the problem is when you're playing with it on the table, because um, it's not really practical to go. Oh, let's mark all the armies at lunchtime when everyone set them up. So people yeah. are going around looking at the armies as they're in play, and sometimes you're like, well, that kind of thing in concept works fine when it's all on its display board, but as soon as you're playing a game, it just looks Doesn't weird. Work. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, you could. If someone I mean, did a lot it and tried hard, it. I would. I definitely like. I'd be down for that. I'd love to see that. Yeah, like, I like, think it, it's just one of those things. I, I just, for me, um, <clears throat> I just wouldn't do that. I, ju- I yeah. just do the army in one one scheme. Yeah, like with um, what Byron was saying about when you start an army and you do it to a really high standard, you've got to go with it the whole way. My basing with the tentacles and stuff is a long process because it's a cork base with sand, with filler, with um, like bits of ripped off stone and cork and bits as well. Then it's the green stuff bubbles, the green stuff tentacles. Then it's a couple of layers of like um, water effect PVA mix over it to get like a nice smooth, flat, glossy liquid surface over the bubbles. Then it's all the purple is all airbrushed. Then the grey is all done and dry. Three layers of dry brushing and then weathering pigment added now as well. It's, it's such a long process to do. Thirty blood letter bases takes a day to make. You know, it's yeah. I, um, I might be making a mistake with what I'm doing. <laughs> oh that's dear, that's I guess. Yeah. So, um, so talk about now. Have you got anything yeah. else? Basically, yeah, I'm doing a new corn army, and I'm doing it on a different basing scheme, so it's a new army. It's different. Still chaos, but it's a completely different Uh, army. You set yourself a goal for when it's going to be ready? Um, Final? October? Yeah, probably the final. October? Um, Yeah, final, maybe November. Maybe. Maybe. What's what's November? Blood and Glory? Um, Or Chiefs and Blood and Glory? Probably Blood and Glory. I'll just try and get it done for that. If mine's not done for then, I would be disappointed with myself. Yeah, me too, because I like to put pressure on myself. <laughs> and me, Byron, because I'd have built two corn armies. <laughs> yeah. And you've only had to paint an army, and I've had to build two and paint one. <laughs> we'll all be disappointed yep. in each other, and okay. yeah, judge each other really harshly. I'll be disappointed in Les for some reason. I don't know why. Probably because he'll be, be moving or something. He'll be moving house. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, I suppose I should talk about my hobby because I haven't done a lot for but a long time. But I'm you've starting. Done, you've done hobby fascinating, and you've done hobby uh, research and hobby purchasing and hobby testing. So yeah. you can make it sound like you've done a lot more than you have. Okay. Go for it. So I am doing my Cadron Overlord army, and I was pretty inspired by. Um, Matt Lyons and Steve Foote at South Coast. Um, and I am very tempted to do a extravagant display board. I won't go into detail, um, but uh, I am really tempted to do it to that level. But at a minimum... Working I... clockwork, uh, <laughs> Not steam, quite that level. steamboat, we'll going have, round it, it's a mini Venice. Steam, I imagine, but, and lights and all that kind of stuff, but... Yeah, maybe it could have working clockworks. I didn't think of that. That might be a cool idea, actually. Moving parts, moving parts, and lights and stuff, and you sound. can get bubbling stuff. You can get clock mechanisms pretty yeah, cheap. It'd be quite easy, wouldn't it? Oh, why yeah. do you have to say these things? 
So anyway, mm. display board aside, <laughs> um, I've got to get the army done. Now, um, obviously, we did a show on Kahadron, and obviously, you may know that I spoke a lot about them, and it's because I've been doing a bit of research. Um, I have all the models now. I've bought them all, so uh, I've got everything. I don't need to buy anything more, which is kind of nice, because I've got enough of everything that I'm I'm happy with my selection. Um, I'm going to basically paint from my side a bit of everything so I've got enough to do different lists um, now I wanted to do something interesting with the basing so I wanted kind of industrial looking basing because if you look at the um, read the background they don't they have sky ports are like manufactured things they're not like made of rock or they're not made you know they're not mountains and snow they're they're in the sky they're in like metal panels it's all it's all manufactured you know the models yeah the models are obviously highly um sort of industrial they've got like you know like almost almost like working suits with with you know goggles and gas canisters and all the rest of it and they're very i won't want to use the word 40k but they're very kind of uh steampunk sci-fi uh, and what I wanted to do is base them in a way that looked right for what they were. Um, I mean, you could base them anyway because you could just say, "Well, they're they, they're fighting in this place." Um, but I kind of because I've never done really done like forty k. I, I wanted to do something really interesting with the basing, um, and I've been looking at some scratch building stuff, and um, I've been playing around with Milliput and the green stuff. And using some products from uh, Green Stuff World, so like rolling pins and um, molds and things like that. So I'm going to make my industrial basing by using a rolling pin with a factory floor design, and then I'm putting that on bases. I'm trimming it down. I've got some rivet molds. So I'm making rivets and um, I'm going to do some piping using the. They've got this technical roller that Terry's used. So I'm going to use that to do some piping. And I've got some clockwork, uh, like watch mechanisms and cogs. Um, so I'm going to try and use the new, sh- um, what's it called? Uh, Armageddon, Shadow War Armageddon, is that it? The 40k yeah. Necromunda skirmish game with released loads of new terrain. I'm going to use a lot of that as well because okay. um, it's kind of industrial, but it's kind of like low tech industrial. You've got room on some big bases as well for that stuff. Yeah, the ships are going to have some of those like stacks and stuff on the basing, and uh, along with the factory flooring. Um, and okay, I'm so prob- as, uh, just to jump in, I'm sure there are some listeners wondering why are you not using the bases that are similar to the ones you're describing made by Games Workshop? Because there's a very good reason, isn't there? Yes, there is. I was going to use the new, uh, obviously Shadow Spar Armageddon, whatever it's called. Mechanicus, um, wouldn't it? Yeah, they've they've done like basing to match it, basically. Okay, they've called it Mechanicus basing. Unfortunately, there aren't any twenty five mil bases in this box, um, uh-uh. and as all my um, uh, Arcanauts are on twenty fives, um, I didn't want to put them on thirty twos. And the reason for that is, I think that um, they should go on the model, the bases they come with, but also it's quite disadvantageous. Because with Kradron, if you can't deploy from your ship, 
then you're dead. So bigger bases mean less men wah, in wah, shorter wah. space. So um, <laughs> I was like... Forced creativity. Can I cut them down? Can I do it? And actually I thought, you know what? Anyone can buy those bases and do it, but no, you know, I'm I'm doing something unique, and I'm I'm doing stuff that I've never done before. I've not used milliput or done green stuff basing. Um, Go get that painting award, yo. Well, to be honest, it's just more interesting for me. You know, it's it's something that I've not done, and when I do my display board, I'll be making like. Um, I'm going to green stuff some symbols and some some things, and I'm going to mold them um, so I can reproduce them. Um, I've been looking at doing silicon molding and things like that, so I can make like panels and then I can uh, mold those panels and then use them to to clad the um, the kind of the display board. So I got some ideas. It's a little bit out there. It might take me a long time. It might not actually materialize for a long time, but. Um, I imagine the army will come and maybe the display board will never come, but if I do do it, it's going to look amazing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to take my time. I'm going to do a bit when I feel like it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put myself a deadline. It'd be nice to have the army out and playing at the heat. Um, I'm not going to force myself if I'm not ready. I'm not ready, but that's kind of. If I could have my army ready for the heat, that that would be great. So that would be uh, for the final in October. So that gives me quite a lot of time. Um, it's pretty much all I'm going to be working on. Um, I am I am doing a little bit of 40k because I'm doing some um, some uh, a kill team for Armageddon, whatever it's called, uh, Necromunda game thing um, with my gene stealers. But I'm not buying anything. I'm just using the models from Deathwatch Overkill um, using my gene stealer cultists. So I'm going to paint some of those. Um, just to break it up a little bit when I want to change. So when I want to get away from painting, you know, like rubberized mechanical suits, I can go and paint some more rubberized mechanical suits. Um, yeah, so it doesn't really work, does it? But <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I'm quite excited about it. Um, I, I'm, I'm having a wobble on my Skyport. Um, so I am. Because you were very certain, to... weren't you, initially? Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I'm I'm kind of leaning to doing a Skyport, which is um, less reliant on one one or two combos and more about being a bit more all-round. And I think um, Barak Mornar is quite cool. I quite like the idea that they're like shady dealer pirates. Um, so I might um, I might renege on Barak Urbaz. Um, the thing about that um, appeals to me about Barak Urbaz is the color scheme is is interesting and it's quite different so it's like mauvey purple suits with with green metallic armor so um it's very unusual uh, whereas like barrett mornar i think is like a dark blue and a, and a cream which is obviously a bit more traditional um sort of stuff i've painted before make so them look it's... a bit more evil by oiling and griming them up though to to kind of fit with their oh shot, i would definitely you? point the um i would definitely do something with the color palette to move them into a darker spectrum um, and make them look a little bit more sinister because I think uh, they they want to look like I'm not really sure I can trust these guys you know I would There's like to try and catch there, that yeah and I think that's kind of the appeal and I think there'd be it would be quite nice if I when I did my display board um if I can try and I could have like a little dodgy deal going down a back street or something and uh, things like that so uh, I don't know I might I think I need to just have a little bit more of a think about it. Um, I've got loads of building to do, so I'm not in any like massive rush. 
uh, to fix that down. I might do a couple test models and see which one really jumps out at me. Um, yeah, I might even do one of each uh, with the new basin and put it up on um, Twitter and get you guys to tell me which one you think looks the best um, and go with that. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not sure yet, but I I should have... I might put some... I might threaten to brush to brush to model this weekend, but um, <laughs> I don't know uh, because I'll probably just be building because I've got sprocket in like a week, yeah. Um, and I'm kind of hope I've been holding off a little bit so I can take the techniques I learned there and apply it to my carriage on Overlord army. It's going to be coming out in 2027 in flawless NMM. <laughs> no, it's not. It would never be that <laughs> level. But I think what, what I did before is when I did my um, Chaos Army, I, I took some heavy metal painted techniques, so, you know, some single miniature painting techniques, and I toned them down and I adapted them. Um, and that's and I that was obviously quite a successful army for me in terms of like awards, but also like in terms of satisfaction for myself. Um, so I'm kind of wanting to capture that again. Um, so I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of thinking I might hold off a little bit and just see what I can learn, uh, on that weekend and apply to my army. So yeah, but I mean, the best thing for me is I'm actually thinking about hobby again, doing a bit. So, uh, cause it's been, I've been in a bit of a dry spell recently. And as a weekend where we're all in the same physical space for two days straight as well, which means that even if directly the sprocket thing doesn't influence it, we're still going to be having a, like a hardcore hobby. 48 hours which may well uh lead to some ideas or or just like chats that are kind of along those lines anyway yeah i just hope i come away from the event pumped pumped for hobby yeah um i might i might look at taking a week off um sharpish and um just strapping myself down to my painting desk uh for for a week but i'm not sure so uh that's me basically so that's cool been up to Whenever I hear about the overlords, I think of the. Do you know the Albed from Final Fantasy X? No. Yeah. I, don't, yeah, okay. I know, I know exactly Final what you Fantasy. mean. If we go for if we go for a break, I'll send you a link, and you'll just be like, "Yep, um, they are so 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 incredibly similar." Um, like in terms of the theme and like even the slightly piratey bit and the goggles and stuff like that. There, um, yeah. Cool. Well, I think then what we'll do is we will have a break and um, we'll come back. And we will talk about um, Blades of Corn lists um, and Terry's findings from South Coast and just talk a little bit of tactics, really. So uh, we'll come back and do a bit more gaming content. Um, but yeah, um, hopefully uh, you guys will join us for the second half of the show and we'll see you in a few minutes. Facehammer is sponsored by Element Games. So for great customer service... All the latest Age of Sigmar releases at 20% off, and all your hobby needs, go to www.elementgames.co.uk. To support us directly, click through the banner on our website and let them know that you came from us. And we're back from the break, and we're going to talk some corn. So, Terry, what did you take to South Coast? Some red things. No, they were grey because I borrowed your corn, didn't I? They're red as well and orangey. Yeah, I suppose. Um, so, Blood Secretor, Blood Stoker, uh, Mighty Lord of Corn with the, I think it's called Gore Cleaver, the one that gives you an extra rend and damage rolls of a six turn into um, 
mortal wounds instead. Guy with uh, whip, guy with slag, guy with dog. Yeah. Um, a priest with plus one to save prayer. A priest with plus one to hit prayer. A wrath of dragon's corn. character. Yeah. Wrath of corn. Firster, who had the overwhelming command trait, which meant he had plus one damage on his melee attacks. And the Crimson Crown, which meant any roll of a six to hit was an additional attack. But under South Coast rule, it was sixes or more. So it worked nicely with Bloodlers. Um, Ten Blood Warriors, ten Blood Warriors, five Blood Warriors, ten Blood Reavers, 30 Bloodletters, five Skull Reapers, and the Gore Pilgrims formation. Um, I think it totaled out about 1990. So I was under 2000, and I didn't roll for a single Triumph all weekend. Woo! I yeah, forgot because I forgot every single game. Yeah, standard. Yep. Um, obviously, in the Gore Pilgrims formation, you get the um, banner is increased by um, six so, inches per priest. So it's basically it's a blood secretor and up to two to three slaughter priests, one to two units of blood warriors and one to two units of blood reavers. And it has Acolytes of Corn, um, which is you can choose to re-roll the dice when doing a blood fueled prayer or which blood is blessing. Amazing. Uh, and then widening the rift, the baleful chanting, blah blah blah, flavor text. Uh, <laughs> Keep the priest um, within eight. <laughs> the battalion's blood secretor is increased by six for each priest within eight. So um, you can get up to. You could get 30? up to 36. Oh, bubble. Yeah. Yeah, so basically it's 18, it. isn't it? Yeah. And then with a priest in range, it's 24. And then another priest in range, it's 30. Yeah. So you could get up to 36 if you put all three priests in there, which is pretty amazing. But 30 was plenty. Um, and so... that obviously affects your opponent's spells as well for casting. Yeah. So the 30-inch bubble also makes your opponents have to re-roll successful casts. Do you find it a bit restrictive um, having to keep the Slaughter Priest within eight of him, though? Yes. Because he doesn't want to move because he's planning his banner. Here's the thing, though. You can move him. Oh, you tell them. You use the out-of-sequence corn move from the Blood Tithe to run your normal move forward at the start of the hero phase, then you plant your banner afterwards. Ah, that's interesting. So you now, how many move... blood tithe points does that cost? I think it's three, which you can actually, by the time you've pushed up the board enough, you've probably lost a small unit and killed a couple of units anyway. So by your second hero phase, you are most likely using that to then... Because I think he's only moved four, isn't he? Because he's heavily Yes, he is, yeah. Um, so you're going minimum of five with your run... Um, I mean, you could whip him as well. There's some cool combos with that, though, because you could basically... Um, you could whip a Slaughter Priest. Is the Blood Tithe at the beginning of the phase? Um, I think it's at any point in your hero phase you choose yeah, to do it. It's any point. point that's... Yeah. So you could basically go whip the Slaughter Priest, run the Slaughter Priest, then do the get over here, and then run backwards. Yeah. I that's cool. the target forward. Wow, I didn't realise. I, I mean, because obviously you've played with it, so you've been spotting these little combos. But there's the out of move sequence thing is amazing for scenario play as well. I think where anything you're... where you can play with um, out of sequence 
things. That's what I really like about the hero phase. It's like it's almost like that. Do you know when you play like like a card game? It's like it's like almost like the 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 sort of the oh, I'm going to do this to do this to do that. A bit like in Magic, where you go, I'll tap this yeah. land to do this to crack this to get that, and then play this card. It's almost the same. You're going to go like oh, I'm going to do this at in the, the order you do it makes a big difference. Yeah, I really like that, that, isn't it? It's also um, expanded at any point in either player's hero phase, but only once per phase. Yeah. The the issue came up with, though, when it's your opponent's hero phase, it says you immediately do whatever action it is you want, but your opponent can react first because it's their yeah. turn, which I I think it needs an FAQ because it's not, it's not clear that well, I you think, immediately I think... do it. Yeah, but they they would do, they want to do something, and then you both you go on a move. They go, I got to do my move, and then it's the same time, and then you you then the person whose turn it is decides it's theirs. So yeah, that that is in the that's exactly Magic the Gathering, isn't it? That's I don't it. think it needs an FAQ. I just think you need to understand that limitation. I had it in one of the games where I wanted the Bloodthirster to pile in and kill something. But it was their turn, so they just destruction moved out of combat. So I was out of range to pile in, um, which would have made it would be amazing because I'd have just piled in and just killed whatever it was. It didn't affect the whole game because I still got it the turn later. But it would just be enough cool to have finished it off in their own hero phase. I do. It does feel. I do get where you're coming from. Terry. It just it felt like the coolness of that ability was gimped by. My opponent going, well, you can pile an attack, but I'm going to run away first. So for all a, more than a three, I'm going to be outside of piling range, so I'm just going to do one but out of combat. <laughs> is it any different, though, for you having an ability that counters their ability? Like, it just seems to me like it's just a counter to your your thing. It's like It's almost like... Oh, against that one faction in that one situation, they've got an answer Other things for it. can do it as well. Yeah, but um, you know what I'm saying. It's it's no different to somebody going, "Well, I'm going to do this thing," and you going, "Oh, I've got a special rule that allows me to do save. something here," or oh. I've got yeah, which denies them using their ability. That's just that's what makes the game interesting, right? I know, but I mean, I just, I just think the that blood was good type to be like pure mass destruction. But a lot of them, the way they utilize. Your opponent, you know, you go. It's a um, it's a finesse ability. Like I think blood yeah. types a real finesse mechanic. You've got to know when to spend them, what to spend them on, and, and the order and when to do it. It's yeah. no different than when someone goes, "I'm going to use a destiny dice to to do something," and they go, "Okay, cool. I've got a reroll. I'll just reroll the dice." Yeah, and it's like, and then you've undone the destiny thing of moving that dice to a particular value, um, because they just make you reroll it. So, like, if you've got, like, a skink star priest, you, they say, oh, I'm going to make that roll a, a five, and you just go, well, I'll use... You can just re-roll that dice, because I'm going to use one of my re-rolls. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think it's a similar thing. And, and to be honest, I think it's just good play on the destruction player's part. Um, you know, and but I it's, think... It's, it's not only that. It's more like you're fighting, like, a tree lord ancient in combat. You go, I'm going to pile and kill you. Wait, let me just buff myself. I'm just going to heal my wounds. Just going to put my command ability up. Now you can hit me. No, because you're they're doing free things. Mm, like yeah, you, 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 you go. You both want to do an action, 
there has to be a sequence. I don't think they could do four actions before you do your thing. It's just that one of the things is going to trigger at the same time, and then they pick the order. Yeah, I guess. So, for example, they could go, well, I'll try and heal. Then you would then do your thing. Then they could put Mystic Shield on and do whatever else they wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I think the very fact that we're talking about it like this, it would be nice to see, like, a an explained example of, say, that exact scenario. Uh, from Games Workshop to see exactly what the intention was, I think, probably. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe. I don't know if we'll see it, but... Um... I just, I don't know, I just wanted, like, the blood type to be, like, corn, massacre, kill everything, raw power, but it just felt a bit very situational. A lot um, of abilities are, though, aren't they? Even yeah. a lot of traits, a lot I, of I just wanted more artifacts. out of it. I just wanted to murder everything. That's the problem. Like you're playing yeah, but it's, a, a if it was that you broken, murder everything. Yeah, but if it was that broken, like it would just be yeah. OP. Oh, yeah. It's it's oh. far from OP. It's it's nowhere near as powerful as Zinch Faint Dice. Okay, so here's, here's a question, then. The the Blood Tithe and being um, having Corn Allegiance... Do you think it is better than just being chaos? Oh, I don't know. Cunning Deceiver's pretty strong at the moment with the shooting <laughs> that's floating around. Don't you um, think the artifacts are really good though? The artifacts are amazing. They are. Um, I mean, I think the blood tie is really good. I think as well, like what you can do with stuff like using like ten marauders or sorry, ten reavers, and using the prayer where you kill your own men to give you more tithe points yeah. as well. Yeah, and obviously think... you get excited. You get all the prayers for the slaughter priests as well, which are awesome. Yeah, which can't be unbound as well. I mean, I did some pretty clever little cheeky things with the prayers. Um, my opponent had two stone horns, and I wanted to fight one of them with the bloodthirster. But in the way he positioned his stone horns was really well positioned. I could only fight both of them. There was nowhere where I could attack one, and the other one wasn't within three to get me, just because of the, where the terrain and stuff was. So I dragged one of them away using the Slaughter Priest ability. So it make it run towards the, the Slaughter Priest. So it went out of the way, round the building, and then the Blood First went in and killed the one on its own um, from full health, which was quite impressive. And the Blood First to having D3 plus one damage as well is, is really good. It, it was the Crimson Crown that did it because I gave him plus one to hit from the Priest. So any fives and sixes to hit with his seven attacks from obviously the banner. I rolled like four fives and sixes in that first roll so he got 11 attacks which all hit and wounded because it was a monster yeah, and it's just straight... a re-roll doesn't he yeah yeah he just straight up killed it he did 28 or 29 wounds to it or something is it worth quickly covering how the pre-spells work after this again because i think they are with the changes in the book it's probably something that um they just get you. they just pick an additional prayer and it's cast when do they plus. when do they pick that prayer on your army List, I guess. List. Yeah, on on list. They're like a spell. Creation. It's just it's like, like an spell, extra yeah. spell law, but then they just don't have the rule of one. Um, they can't be unbound. Uh, they work on a four up, and then on a three up. If you killed something the turn before, if you kill something, yeah, in, in the last turn, and yeah, you had the formation to re-roll, right? The four, the four plus with the re-roll was was amazing. But I think if you're going to take slaughter priests, you're already taking your blood st- um, secretor anyway because you're taking corn. And you're going to take Blood Reavers and Blood Warriors, right? Yeah, you would take at least a five-man Blood Warrior and a ten-man Blood Reaver. And it gives you an extra artifact, which we've already said are always really good as well. So the extra artifact and the 30-range banner and re-rolling the prayers, just too good. And it's all in one drop as well. 
it's, was it, it's quite cheap as well. Is it 500 and something points, I think? I think it's less than that to get the whole thing. Um, I'll work it out in a sec. But no, It's going to be uh, more than that just for the priest, the banner, and the formation, surely. Uh, what's that? Three priest, the priests are, what, 100? The banner's 120. The formation. Uh, 570, I think it is. Yeah, it is, it is just over. I thought it was 470 for some reason. It is 570. Um, but... At South Coast, prayers were rule of one as well, um, which is why I just took the two priests and took plus one save, plus one hit. I think if they weren't, I might have just taken three all with plus one to hit. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's the problem, though, because when you take three with all of that and you get a big blood letter unit and you go plus one, plus one, plus one, and the crown, it's just like... Bleh. Yeah, and they're more than 20 models. I'm hitting you on twos, re-rolling ones, and every Doing time I hit you, I get twos. an extra attack. Yeah, and I get an extra attack every time I roll a two. Yeah, so here's my unit of 30 with 61 attacks. So I'm going to get about 120 mortal wounds out of this unit. And you can't do anything about it, really. <laughs> um, yeah, so do you know when you said about you just want corn to go and murder everything? Yeah. <laughs> they do, but... The problem I found was, as everyone knows, there's a lot of shooting around at the moment. Now, in my first game, I played a lot of shooting. My second game, I played a lot of shooting. My third game, I played a lot of shooting. My fourth game, I played a lot of shooting. When you say a lot of shooting, what did you play then? So the first one had loads of Scaven War Machines in it. and What, what lightning cannons? No, um... Sorry, weapons teams. Loads of the mortars that do damage six against more than ten or twenty models, whatever the the, right. mor- the little cool mortar. plague mortars. Plague mortars, yeah, um, yeah, plague mortars. Um, oh, uh, fiends with shooty uh, rattling okay. guns. Fiends with pistols. And you played twenty seven skyfires, didn't you? I played twenty seven skyfires. And what else did you play that was heavy shooting? Round three, I played um, thunder tusks and. Goblin bows. That's not shooting. Bolt fr- Hang on, and load of bolt throwers. So he had all the goblins shot, the bolt throwers. Now the goblins the shooting, tusks. you can just forget about that because that doesn't yeah, do but, anything. But when they when they put all of that into unit blood letters, you'd lose half the unit easily. No, um, sixty goblins. Oh, they murder them. They do a fair bit. Yeah. Aren't they like fives and fives? With yeah, no but rent? I think in a massive unit, are on fives and threes, aren't they? Because they get plus one to wound for every. Yeah, over twenty, over thirty, whatever. Uh, I don't know. They're, just, they're pretty just good. Goblins, just forget them. <laughs> um, round I four, my it was devastating. <laughs> round four, I played the Brian's Zinch. Everything has a spell, magic gun line, shooting army, and all the horror shot as well. So that was another gun line. Round five, I played a, a mirror of my old list, which was two warp lightning cannons, storm fiends, and other shooting bits. And then the last game, I played. Triple Thunder Task. <laughs> so everything like I played was just mass shooting. I well, I think just... I don't think it like a lot of those lists and stuff. They go, oh, it was like my old list to add some Storm Fiends and some Warlighting Cannons. It's like I wouldn't call that a gun line. It's like it's it's just that people going to match play are making sure they've got a way of doing damage at range. And you didn't take Skull Cannons, did you? No, because I think they're junk. But would you not have found it useful to have some range shooting? I think for the two skull cannons, you could just take thirty more blood letters. They're they're a better shooting attack. You just think that you're better off just swarming. I think 
it, if you're going to go monocorn, I think you just put bodies on the table and you just run at them. The more stuff that hits them, the better you are. Better, better you are. That was how I approached it when I played my Bloodbound. It was just get as many models on the table. And it, it works. And especially in scenario play. Like in, in the objectives where it's like you've got to hold that and have more bodies there. There's 20 Blood Warriors. Good luck. What What's going to click clean off 20 Blood Warriors that are immune to battle shock with a Mystic Shield on them? That's just what I was going to ask. So, I mean, a lot of people starting off with, with Corn Anything are just going to look at Blood Letters. Um, blood Warriors are obviously fantastic if you, you've got time to paint a bajillion of them. Um, but your choice of spells, i.e. taking plus one to hit, as saying spells, I mean prayers, um, being plus one to hit, is there is there perhaps merit in this meta to taking, I don't know, um, blood uh, blood crushes and uh, and giving them plus one to save rather than plus one to hit for resilience, or do you still think you're you better could, off just trying to get both. there? And... That you could hey. take both prayers and give them both. That's the thing. I, I think having a big unit of like nine blood crushers is a thing because it's just so wide and you'll impact it so many units. Would you take? Blood crushers, or would you take skull I'd take, crushers? I take blood crushers. Is that because of the one come back and the it's, mortal wounds off the right? The mortal wounds, the just the better bravery in general of them. The oh, you, the bravery like the the other guys are basically bravery nine. Like you, yeah, you get you cannot, and you'll probably immune to battle shock anyway. Like the, honestly, the amount of times I've used skull crushers. And they're just absolute tanks. And I found as well, when you play against people with them, people just really focus them. And they're actually junk in combat. They it's, do basically nothing. It's a um, uh, hangover from 8th edition. And that people I think go, they're oh just God, imposing models. And, and yeah. what I they're like about them, as well. I mean, they are that... quick. And they do mortal wounds on the charge. And then they pin people. And you go, you're not moving. And, you know, I think their damage output isn't bad. Like, it's 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 okay. It's not atrocious, you know? Yeah. I mean, the Bloodthirster was a absolute beast in some games, but then in others, he just got shot off. Because yeah, he's big. they are fragile. He's big. It was opponent placed terrain, so you can only get so much on the board where you want it. And then if you lose the side that's got the better terrain on it, then you're stuck just getting shot off. I mean, against well, you should be able to guarantee fires. a piece of terrain on your side that blocks line of sight. For your because you could take three pieces, you put one down on one side, they put another bit down, you put another bit down the other side, guaranteed done. Yeah, so it's not like that, I don't that's think all that's very well, but when problem. they fly 27 skyfires across the board, you can't really hide. Well, that's more to do with skyfires than the terrain yeah, placement rules. That, isn't that it? was my I mean, in that game, he just got shot, turn one, and died. Well, of course, he you did. Know, yeah, it, you know, in some games, he was fun, in others, against the triple Thunder Tusk one, you just kill a Thunder Tusk. And then the next turn, they just go double frost blast. You dead. Well, that that's what I was kind of point I was making about having the cannons because you can chip the wounds off, you know, and they, try they and do something miss. about it. They they're, just miss one, all the time. They just miss one even shot. with plus one to hit. Yeah, because then you you're still wounded on threes. And like, I I have given them a fair shake in AOS, and they they're just too unreliable because you can't buff the wound roll. The only way you can make it better is what by taking soul the Mystic Terrain. Soul Grinder's okay, but again, I think if you're going to go Blaze of Corn, you just go pure combat. You just ditch the shooting, go all combat. 
I mean, the Bloodthirst has got an alright attack. That's six damage whip. You know, it's... That's so, alright. So I have a, on the subject of the Skullcans, I have a question. So the after, I mean, we, we cut away from it earlier, but after I'd written my first list, which was Triple Thurster and a lot of Blood Letters, I wanted to write something that I thought had a bit more diversity in it. And essentially, again, all the three lists I wrote were all a combination of two... Um, two battalions but the second one was the um the gore thunder cohort which is i think it's minimum three skull cannons and a blood throne oh blood throne yeah yeah a blood throne and this is the one which allows uh, as long as they are within eight inches of the blood throne uh d3 skull cannons can shoot in your hero phase yeah which i i did look at that and it sounds really good but it's 540 points of skull cannons and a blood throne, which is what 600 and 700 points because yeah. that's 120. So that's 700 points. That's 70 blood letters. That's a lot more damage than them skull cannons are ever going to do. And it's more I don't know because the if they don't get across the table because they get shot. I mean, what's good about skull cannons? They've got a 30 inch range and an eight inch move. So that's that's a big threat range. Like that that outranges a lot of stuff in the game. Yeah. I think, um, and also they if the unit's got ten or more models, they hit on a two, and they're twos yeah. and threes minus two rend damage d six, and you can, I I think, I don't know. I think maybe discounting them is just a little bit I mean, naive sh- in a way. Sh- Even if the thing is the way like the way I was going at it is they are expensive undeniably, but if they are on average, shooting 1.6 times um, a turn. That's um, that's quite a big difference. I mean, I think, so the army was basically uh, a Skullmaster, a Blood Throne, a Rathacorn Bloodthirster, 30 Blood Letters, 30 Blood Letters, 10 Blood Letters, 10 Blood Letters, 3 Skull Cannons. That's a 3-drop army. Um, and I think if um, if this army got the double turn, the um, the amount you could do with it would be pretty mental. You um, shoot all... four times. Yeah, but my my issue with them is if if you want shooting, I think you just you stray out of monocorn. You just put warp lightning cannons in there or skyfires. But then you lose like the prayers. The yeah, the, but then the, then you, you gain know. then you then you move away and then you become a mixed army which has got more tools for everything anyway. I think that's 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 how it is for me. You either just go pure combat. Or you just go mix corn and put skyfires and warp lightning cannons and storm fiends and all the other amazing shooting that chaos has. I think the, what you what a skull cannon gives you a unit skyfires is what the same. I think we're gonna. I mean, I know they're around, but should we just accept that skyfires are undercosted? Because... Oh yeah, of course they are. Because whenever you're using an example, this yeah, much, you can't like... compare everything to Skyfires because no. then everything seems expensive and rubbish. I'm just talking about like in a corn army, and I've said yeah. it about other factions. When you've got an army that does one thing really well, and there's a weakness, and there's the only like one or two units in the entire army that fills that gap, you can't you can't discount them and say, "Oh, don't take them." I no. just I, mean, I think. They, it's just like most things. It's like when you take Iron Jaws and you go, more crushers are overpointed and they don't do enough, but it's the only way to get reliable mortal wound output in your army. So you take it and you just accept the fact that it's not as efficient as other units in other armies. It's, But I think 
I mean, even I think that formation and that and as well is really good. Like it's and and again, it's the point: are they shooting your cannons or are they shooting your bloodletter horde? Or are they if all you've your got, prone? or you're shooting your blood firster. And the thing is, if you've got, if all you've got is blood Rathacorn firster and hordes of bloodletters, the choice is easy, isn't it? You just shoot, you shoot the bloodletters because it's the, that's what's going to do the damage or the blood firster. If you, if you've got that formation with the skull throne and the cannons and of blood firster, and you've got a banner and you've got blood letters, it's like, well, what do I shoot at? What do I prioritize? Do I shoot your shooting? But then the blood letters are getting across the table, not molested. And, or, you know, do I shoot the blood firster? But then I'm risking getting taken off by cannons. And I think by building balance into your army, yes, it's not the most effective shooting in the game. Big word. But. It's it's giving you tools to deal in certain situations because sometimes you might come to a table and go, man, if only I had a way to kill that model at the back of the table that's doing all this stuff. Think about Cunning Ruck. It's like, oh, Cunning Ruck. I've got he's got a guy at the back. I kill him. The whole formation stops working. You've got no option with combat. You've got to run across into their hordes of men and try and get through it to get to the guy. My issue with that is every time I've come up with Cunning Ruck against it. It's a dude on a 32 mil base stood behind a wall, so you can't see him anyway. It, it, they can hide that little one little dude that activates that yeah, unit. Then you just, then you've you got to be in range of one dude, doesn't they? So, but then you just lump all the cannons into the unit. You know, it's like it gives you. I don't know. I, I just think, but then it means they've got to hide behind that wall. And what if they don't have the scenery? What if by putting him behind the wall, they're not able to get within damned with the other unit? What if they're then away from the objective that they want to stand next to? And what if they want to move forward, but now they can't because the guy's got to stand behind the wall and the unit can't push forward? It's like all these things add up. And I, I just think that, you know, taking skull cannons, I mean, I personally think if I was taking corn, I'd always take skull cannons because it gives me an option that I don't have. And if you think about the mirror matchup, they've got gore pilgrims, they've got the same stuff. I've got skull cannons. I'll just shoot the banner off, and yeah. straight away you're like, oh, well, I've I've now got a massive advantage. You know, I don't know. I if I if I want to be that competitive though with corn, I stray out of corn and just go. I put warp lightning cannons in instead because they're the same cost and they will hit stuff and kill stuff. Yeah, but if you I, if you want to do blades of corn and you want to use the blood tithe and you want to use the artifacts, you can't do that. So, no. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm talking about people who are going to play corn here, not yeah. You know, if we do, a, if we talk about a faction and we go just play something else, that's not really that helpful. No, not, you know, chaos, so, for me, the corn faction is just about the combat. I'd okay. I'd rather just go in and just go. Well, this is a, not a great matchup, but. I've got sheer overwhelming numbers of bodies on the table. I will just grind through things. Okay. Yeah, a shooting attack would have been helpful in this matchup potentially, but in that really? case, then Terry, how important is it for you to have low drops and to get there first? And how often were you taking first turn? Because um, if you if you're using your units as your shooting, for, for lack of a better phrase, like they're your they're your reach out and touch people thing. Did you build your list? How many drops was your list? The one I used for South Coast, I think, was six. Was that um, enough, or do you think in retrospect I, you should I have pretty much got to choose. I got to choose in most of the games um, whether I went first or not. Um, and a lot of the time I would take the, the turn, depending on what they had, because I'd just plant the banner, 
swarm to objectives with 30 bloodletters, 20 warriors, skull reapers and everything. Just go and get on the objectives, plant the banner and go, well, you've got to come and fight me off those objectives now. I'm immune to battle shock and I'm getting plus one attack on my entire army because the banner covers the entire board. So, so you, you're guys heading towards objectives rather than being used as damage pieces. The thing with, I think the thing with the South Coast scenarios was you didn't really need to do damage. You just needed to hold on the objectives long enough to win. Like the Silver Tower one, you just camped the tower long enough so that your opponent couldn't catch you up. The one with the heroes in the in the middle of the board, you just you just got your heroes in there, held on for as long as you could while trying to fend their heroes off, get ahead. You know, I think the scenario play was too important to worry about just killing stuff, which okay. I think having the two tens of blood warriors, you just put 10 on each objective, 30 blood letters with one, five skull reapers with the other and the blood first or something, just go, there's 700 ish points on two objectives. that are all immune to battle shock. You crack on and fight that. It, it, it was just really, really strong for scenario play objective, like yeah. grabbing effectively. And that's because they, they get there so fast and they're immune to battle shock when they are there. They're, they're immune to battle shock there. They've got a, engage a unit of 30 bloodletters that have got two attacks each with potentially plus one save plus one hit or something whatever they're buffed with your army's mm. not that fast though is it mm. i mean like your blood warriors they're not they're only like infantry that can run they're not there's no way yeah. to buff them is there the thing really? was i was putting them on the 12 inch line i was whipping yeah, yeah, of one of the you, units yeah. and just running them towards the objectives yeah, yeah and because a lot of the objectives had a you know be within x range whatever most of the time you could get there pretty much straight away if you just went all out and ran there yeah, of course you can. Um, but I think the the list overall, the Gore Pilgrims was. I think you just take that all the time. The thirty inch range banner cannot be cannot be snuffed. You think it, it just was, contains so many of the things that are, are, are one plus take that you're there anyway. Blood Reavers anyway. You're probably going to take Slaughter Priests if you're staying inside Alliance, just because they give you because they're the, amazing, right? The Slaughter Priests now in Blades of Corn are amazing. Yeah, the D6 mortal wound thing. It's like D6 mortal wounds with a four plus to on a four plus with a reroll to to use that ability. I mean, plus how one is to it? hit on a four plus, plus one to save on a four plus. It's and they can all do them all. So you could drag something, mortal wound something, save something, and hit roll to hit something. So you get your four prayers every time. How important is that reroll, Terry? It's I, I failed it a lot, so I'd say. You would, I think you just always take it. Gore Pilgrims is just such a. If you want to do, if you want to have a magic phase, bunny is. If you want to have it, you take, take it. You're going it's, to take a blood crater. It's basically a twenty five percent success increase, isn't it? By taking yeah, it's... having a reroll, so um, it's it, uh, and when you multiply that over every turn, over all the prayers, it's just like it's over too, two priests. Yeah, yeah, it's too... and then it gives you another artifact as well, which allowed my mighty lord to have the extra rend. You know, it's. He, he. People were I was about to say, like, what, what did you? How did you find the Mighty Lord of Corn then? In in the games where he could do something, he was okay. Like, I found that his dog did more damage. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, he just whiffed. He just whiffed all the time. He was hitting on three plus, and he's like, "Yeah, roll loads of ones and twos. And the dog gets his attacks and goes, "Yeah, well, fives and sixes, bro. I got you." <laughs> it's always the way that the dog attacks hits, and you're like, "Oh, I just wanted the axe to hit because then I could use my ability." I. I didn't reality split anything because the stuff I killed died outright, so it, there was no model to take the effect because it was unwounded effectively by the axe, or I failed the axe roll. Did you so, find people reacted to um, 
they always did that combat first to try and kill him. Yeah, did you think that that that, that was worth taking him because people he were was, like, I've got to get so rid of him. of him. Yeah, people were really frightened of him. I mean, there's that uh, chance. I've had it done to me on a, a zombie dragon guy, and it's when it happens, you just like Ugh. the gore so, even makes him so much more threatening because of the mortal wound potential. So, you items wise, Terry, you were taking stuff that was geared towards more damage. Entirely. I just took everything that gave me more damage. Yeah. So I'd be interested, both of you. I mean, if you are going to take a an all corn army, and we've we've just said that being damaged from far is one of their problems. Is there merit to taking defensive stuff, do you think? I mean, especially with uh, the the mortals have got more options for defensive stuff, haven't they? I think if you go mortals, you take the reroll to charge and just make sure you get those combats. Yeah, but you, you can gear up charging. But you can guarantee charges with the whip guy, so you don't need to use that. Um, for long for long charges, you know, it gives it's a bubble reroll, so you could whip one unit and then give five units. You talk about the command ability from the Mighty Lord of Corn. No, the um the command artifact trait thingy you can give a blood bound hero that allows you to reroll charges. But I I think you could run the general as your Mighty Lord and use his command ability because I think it pretty yeah, much does the same be. thing. I obviously had the bloodthirster for the run and charge on the blood letters. Which was, yeah, that was amazing. I mean, run and charge on himself is pretty decent as well, because he moves pretty quick. Especially when he's whipped and blood tied to get an extra move. And you're confident that the the extra damage you opted for on the Thurster was... Well, of, of those 11 attacks that went through and did 29 damage to the Stonehorn in one round, <laughs> the D3 plus 1 damage at Ren 2 just absolutely murdered it. You know, you're doing 4 damage on some of those hits. It's pretty tasty. So you wouldn't, in retrospect, if you're going to go back and do it again, you'd have kept the the same magic item. I think the loadout's good. I probably wouldn't have taken the Mighty Lord and I dropped the Skull Reapers um, and put in another thirty Bloodletters. Just to have two thirties because one's amazing. Two is just like shit. What do I do against that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the Bloodletters are very good. I mean, even like with a Mystic Shield or, sorry, a Bronzed Flesh, they're pretty survivable with a four-up save, aren't they? Yeah, but you just don't really care. Unless they're getting shot at, it's not a, you know, it's not a massive deal. If, if someone goes into combat with them or whiffs it, they just get they just get destroyed by the Bloodletters. So, I don't know. I mean, some of the Blood Tides that I wanted to use are too expensive as well. I think it was seven, uh, seven was the, when they die, they pile in as if they were a Blood Warrior. I Some think you've got to be building that your... would have been insane <clears throat> where they go in and kill bloodletters. You're like, oh, if only all these bloodletters were fighting back, just kill everything. You'd have, I think, but you've got seven to be points your list is probably that. like ten did three. You, did you ever think there was merit in doing something like taking three tens of blood reavers? Then, oh yeah, definitely. Then basically go in first turn, run you, them all, all all the slaughter priests basically sacrifice to get blood tithe points, and then they just barrel forwards and go kill me. Um, yeah, potentially that is. I, think I mean, you, you could get up to that. seven points pretty quickly doing that, right? Well, you can get a point for wounding yourself, and then you also get a point when the unit is wiped out. So, and there's a if you really wanted to, there's a couple of magic items that allow you to be getting basically three, uh, three points for for doing a wounding and getting rid of a unit and stuff like that. You can get it really quick if you wanted to build your army around it, and with the the way that the battalions work, you could also keep your drops very low whilst doing that. But it's, I think it's yeah, a very. You could do is just like you said, 
if you want to take skull cannons, is just black all three skull cannons into little shitty units and just blow them up to get points. Yeah, that that was the other thing I was about to mention that if you had if you had skull cannons, you've got a way to pick off small units and heroes and get blood type before you get stuck into the nitty gritty of combat. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I don't know. I I I kind of I'd be interested to see if that skull cannon formation how good that would be. I've got four (laughs) skull cannons. I will run it at some point because I've got three. I could use one of them as a blood throne because they're all magnetized. So I could take a blood throne and three skull cannons and do that formation. The other one to do is the one with the blood first, where you shoot stuff and then your units can charge the stuff you shot. Yeah, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Which is interesting because because it's not the the charge phase, your opponent can't release stuff like fanatics at you, which is what I was using the out of turn combat stuff for was charging people so they couldn't they couldn't release fanatics because it wasn't their turn to to charge. Yeah, I suppose it's a good point. Like, I mean, I've a lot of times I read that ability where it's like, oh, uh, you know, you can charge in your hero phase, and I'm just thinking, well, what, what's the point? Because you can just charge later on before they can react anyway. But, but if you've got like, impact hits, yeah. you're doing impact hits in the hero phase. With if you your unit of six juggers charges like a unit that's got three or four wounds left, you've charged in your hero phase. You've impacted them off. You're now another extra like eight inches forwards or something from your charge. Now it's your move phase. Now you're moving forwards. Yeah, then you're charging again. If you've got that, but like the the they would only do three wins max, right? Because it's, it's for the unit. Crushers. Not, yeah. You can do D six mortal wounds. Oh yeah, if, if you take six a big or more crushers. Yeah. yeah. So you, if you shoot it first, then charge it. What and the, skull I mean, there's a priest. There's <laughs> other things. I mean, you can do. Um, yeah, I know. I just um, for me, like I was just thinking that um, there isn't like I mean, a lot of times you read stuff like that and it just doesn't seem that good. And then there's situations where. You know, you go, oh, it, that's actually really good in this situation. And yeah. I think yeah. that's I mean, the... one of the things I did with the Skull Reapers was I gave them plus one to hit, plus one to save. I did, and I whipped them. I did an out of sequence charge in my following turn, in my opponent's turn, because obviously I was still buffed. And the Skull Reapers went all the way around into um, my opponent's two Thunder Tusks that were left there. They were both slightly wounded, a couple of wounds here and there. But it meant it was his choice then to either stay in combat or retreat away and not shoot. So, and because he needed to get into the middle of the board to score in the hero. Oh, yeah, I could totally see charging your opponents go really good. I just meant yeah. when it's like in your it's turn, charge in 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 an earlier phase than the charge phase. I'm always thinking, why would you bother? I just think just to make sure you get into places, or maybe they maybe they can counter move with something. If you're trying to make the most of things like that, I think there there probably is merit to having a uh, not like a one of everything approach, but a more all comers list because it just allows you the flexibility. Like if you don't have the option to shoot something um, in your hero phase, then you can't get that point and spend it on whatever, or you can't pull someone towards you if it's a spell or anything like that. So having, having a wider selection of things, Rather than, I mean, the list I've spoken about so far that I wrote, I've not spoken about any troops that aren't blood letters yet, and obviously that's that's restrictive because you they only do one thing. That's it. They do it very well, though. 
they do it very well <laughs> and then they die in droves but um if you've got stuff with armor then you've got the you've got the option to give stuff plus one to its save and suddenly you could have a unit of five guys that you're given plus one to their save that are standing in cover that are just ridiculous um but you don't have that option if you take in nothing but fleshy bodies that do mortal wounds that's true right here's why the shooting in the hero phase and charging things good so it's part of the skull seeker host so prey upon the wounded skull cannons do their thing blah 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 after they've shot um other units in the skull seeker can immediately charge those units and then pile in and attack them yeah, yeah, I'm not. I wasn't talking about that. I mean, like when you read stuff like the Karadron book, and it says they can they can charge in the hero phase. It's like, oh, right, okay. well, what, yeah. just to know. get round other people's mechanics. I yeah, I think that's the only time you would it would actually be a there'd be a point. Like to with it. the Karadron, and don't they release like bombs when you charge them in the charge phase? When you charge them, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you charge them in that in their hero phase or your hero phase, that wouldn't trigger. I don't know because I don't think it actually specifies phase. I think it says oh, it when says they complete a charge. Oh, okay. So I, I was I going to say, otherwise you could charge past that ability and stuff using that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure fun. there's lots of ways, but I just meant that it's quite subtle and abilities like that can look a little bit. I mean, obviously, when it says you can then immediately attack, that's obviously powerful, but when it just says, oh, you can charge in your, I don't know, you can charge in your hero phase, it's like, well. I think it's a much more of a subtle book than people would immediately assume like you've got to lay your your shit inside out and back to front if indeed you are going to be making the most of this stuff um and quite a lot of it you wouldn't realize until you've actually sat there and thought about it particularly this stuff um but uh you've got to be running a certain type of list to make the most of it because if you've got like six units in the army and two of them are 30 blocks of blood letters you have less option for uh for getting on this stuff, I think for sure. Did you um? Did you settle on your first list then, Byron? And what have you come up with then? What are you working so on? After so after the the Gore Thunder one, which is the one with the skull cannons, um, it still it still didn't have enough variety. Um, and part of the reason for that lack of variety is that blood blood letters are just faster to paint than everything else because they've only got a sword some horns and then the rest of them is pretty much all the same stuff they've got no armor plates and rubbish on them they are just a flesh body yeah it's not like um like uh the teen stuff where suddenly you've got feathers and bangles and and all this stuff everywhere and they're they're quite open as well they don't like cover themselves and the swords normally out to the side and there's a load of factors that basically made them a very good speed painting unit um but still i'm I'm trying to marry up the what like what is practical fast and what I want to play with or paint or whatever. So the list I ended up writing was um Gore Pilgrims and a murder host combined. Um and it's basically the absolute minimum you can have the Gore Pilgrims at, which is the five hundred and seventy points we said. That's that's what my list is basically built on is Gore Pilgrims and Murder Host. They're just yep. both good. So it's um I have however one of the reasons that the the Gore Pilgrims is at minimum, which I don't think is the best way to run it. Like I've obviously I've bitched about painting them because they take forever. But um you could I think painting more Blood Reavers and Blood Warriors would make sense. The reason why I haven't is looking at the list I I wanted to have a unit that was middle height, so something troll size, something monstrous. So essentially if you're looking for something 
uh, middle height monsters infantry monsters cavalry size there's only really the one option that you've got um which is things on juggernauts i don't think there's anything else is there um in any of the corn stuff let's take core cool grass yeah, I guess soul so. Grinder? Well, that's actually quite large. Yeah, soul grinder is big. They they tend to be like either they're 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 Cast practically nights. a monster. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call actually. They're practically practically a they're practically a monster or they're infantry even if they are very bulky. Um, so it's minimum gore pilgrims and that is uh, a blood secretor, two slaughter priests, five blood warriors, and. 10 blood reavers so that's one drop and it's got my banner in it and then um i've not got a whippy dude in there um i do have i know i've got a wrap of corn bloodthirster so he's my whippy equivalent and he will be the general and then i've got the um the murder host and in that there is two units of 30 blood letters then there's no chaff bloodletter unit, so I'm going to have to use the stuff from the, the Gore Pilgrims to make up for that. But there is a unit of six blood crushers. Skull yeah, crushers, sorry. Crushers. Which one's the correct one? Is it blood ones are, blood, are the blood letter ones are blood crushers. Okay, the blood crushers. Unit of six of them, which should look pretty awesome. And also, I wanted them in a six um, because if I am going to cast the um, the prayers on them, then I just feel like they should they should be a bit bigger to make the most of it. So if I wanted something resilient and fast to get up there and tank... Um, you get your bang for your buck. Yeah, exactly. They um, also can never fail Battleshock because there's six of them. So if five die, you know, I mean, you could lose the last one, but it's very unlikely. Um, and what's really good is that you can... Um, obviously, the, the longer the, the bigger the unit, the longer they stick around, right? So Yeah, absolutely. And they're benefiting from that that extra 2d6 move at the start of the game so if you want them to get somewhere fast they absolutely can um with their extra move and then there is the uh the skull master which comes in that formation so it's got more characters than previous lists had um that weren't the triple bloodthirster one uh it's got a magic phase it doesn't have a shooting phase um but it can it's still got enough of the pieces to launch blood letters at people at speed that they're kind of going to be doing that job and i think really importantly visually the way i'm imagining it is you've got a big bloodthirster at the back towering over everything then you've got a hefty sized unit of blood crushers and then you've got different types of infantry and a selection of characters so i think it pretty much it, it takes as many of the like and this is something i've written about in the blog trying to tick as many boxes as you can to as high a level as you possibly can so it's got a lot of bodies on the table. It's got medium height, uh, repeated like six or seven times. Uh, it's got a big monster. Uh, it's got opportunity for a bit of funky basing on the bigger stuff. And in terms of there's variety between units and then all those things for play style as well as variety between units. It's got a big monster. It's got medium sized stuff. They all play differently. So that is essentially where I've ended up. I don't know what I'm going to use magic item or command traits slowed out. There's so many in the book that <laughs> it takes um, it takes a few weeks through to kind of pick pick which way you want to go with it. But I'm that is the list I'm working on, and is probably going to be the first list I run, unless I decide um, that I want to go to an event really soon and there's something else that I can do way faster. Um, 
but given that I've, I've got five of the blood warriors out of the way now nearly or i'm i'm halfway through that process i've kind of i've pretty much committed at this point i think i guess i could decide to swap the unit of six blood crushes for more blood letters or something if i really wanted to save time because the mounts are not fast to do but uh that's that's the direction i'm going to be going in that sounds good i mean uh i mean at least it it's a start isn't it and you can play with that and go from there but it sounds like primarily you'll focus more on a painting um reason to do it like you're obviously you're talking about height and like monsters and basing you you, it sounds like a lot of it's driven from a painting point more than a gaming point but you've considered the gaming yeah definitely i mean variety in models uh visually tends to be reflected better i'd say these days in age of sigma and variety of rules and how they play on the table and what they do and stuff like that so kind of accidentally if you want a visual variety then you end up with a tactical variety as well but um yeah i mean i think i know the army is going to give me i could be mixing and have something that was more powerful but i want to do something that's all corn definitely at least at first and i think that army should give me a decent amount in for in terms of options with the the triple bloodthirster one for example if i face shooting it would just be it, like i would just lose before the game started um I think in this one, because it's got a bit more of a variety and it has some armor saves and stuff like that, um, it should do a slightly better job. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's cool. So, Terry, then, um, we, well, we we kind of talked all around the houses about corn and, and did lots of different things. But, um, obviously, you played South Coast with them um, and you did okay with them? Where did you, did you think? Uh, I won five games and lost one um almost won that sixth game as well like i i think i could have won the event with that list i think it was okay. strong enough to so that's um, that's a good shout then i mean did you i mean you said you played a lot against a lot against a lot of shooting um you but you think because of the nature of scenario play it kind of mitigates the fact because if it was, it it was did, just kill yeah. then people it could sit off that. you so... Yeah, because they they can just shoot me all all day long. But the the three plus say blood warriors potentially in a forest or whatever, you know, just sat near an objective, going, well, you're, you're killing a couple of dudes a turn, but you're not coming towards me. You're just shooting me. Like, yeah, blood warriors. I, think... I, I just think are fantastic. Like, they're just my yeah. favourite thing in corn. They really are. I just wish they weren't so detailed for painting. Yeah. They're so fast to paint. Oh. <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah. Oh, that's um, quite cool. So then, all right then. So you, you did all right with them, and you, you've you're obviously I've painting your own up ninth in the end, which is not bad. That's pretty good. Finished with the with a new book at all. I mean, I could have had a better run of games. Like I had good games, but I I think if I'd have played some more combat focused armies, I'd have, I'd have had better games. If I'd have played someone who actually just wanted to fight on the table instead of just shoot and run away, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was what it was. So I'll I'll stick with it and give Mono Corn a shout. So you're you're actually out. building it yourself, aren't you? Still, I've I've built the whole army already. I, I'm I'm just right. building bases at the moment. Um, I'm going to paint it all in one go. Um, I'm going to airbrush all the red in one go. Every single model I'm going to do in one in one go. You're a The batch that is, is two thousand points. 
That's madness. I know. But That's like means... rule number one of army painting. Don't do it. Yeah, but because it's so much red, it makes sense to do all the red in one go. And then I can like go back to my and go, right, I'll do these ten blood warriors. All the red's done. So it's consistent. I don't have to mix up reds again. Red is done. And then I can go, right, paint the armor on these ten blood warriors. Oh, now I'm going to do ten blood letters. The red's already done. I'll just carry on. I think it's it's the way to go. We'll see. I'm interested to hear how that pans out. You are a man of stronger will than I. I couldn't quite manage that. I don't don't know. I think think just doing that batch is... is, I mean, I, I built 70 blood letters in one batch. I cut off all 70 into a box and scraped all 70. It was so painful. It took most of the day just to do the 70 swords. Yeah, that, so... that's what I mean. That's why it, to me, that that's why it feels a bit mental because you you go, oh, I've done this all day and I've made no progress. You have made but, loads of progress, but you have. But it's that it's a psychological thing, isn't it? It's like the you don't get positive feedback loops because you don't see completion. It's going to be a different thing. So instead of me going, I paid a hundred points. Sweet. Now next hundred points, I'm just going to go. Bam! I've done two thousand points. It's finished. I uh, yeah, but it's not bam, is it? Because it takes just as much time, if not probably longer, because the amount of time you sit there going, oh god, I, it won't bother me because I'll just put on some good TV, I'll get the airbrush on, and I'll just smash out all the red in one go, and then well, I'll be like, ah, oh, that's all the red good, done. Good luck to you. I, uh, you hope it, it goes well. We'll report uh, on progress in two weeks' um, time. So we'll. I, I streaming I think... on a uh, Twitch stream somewhere in the future. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, if it works for you, that's fine, and I think that's that's part of like learning your own like how you operate as a as a human uh, or subhuman, in some people's cases. But how you operate as a, as a person um, makes a big difference to how you plan your projects and your hobby time. And, you know, if you're a morning person, you get up all motivated, and you might think, "Well, I'll get up at five and do an hour every morning." That's never going to work for me. Um, you know, if if you're you know, for me, I, I have to do hardcore big sessions and have a break, then do another big session. And my, I need my... to have some progress. I need to finish something or see something coming along. I can't just building's different. Building, I can build a whole army without touching a brush. Not a problem. Yeah. But I, painting, I can't do the early I... morning because my hobby no. drive comes in later in the evening. Yeah, same as me. So, like, I think the the point I'm making here is that if you know your limitation, then you can plan your hobby around your personality like if terry loves uh batch painting the entire army in one go fair play uh get on with it and do it plan it that way but um yeah i'd say so that that's what i was basically trying to say i sort of rambling a bit yeah. but you know what i'm saying everyone's got saying? a sweet spot i think for batches like some people it would be 15 some people it's 30 some people it's 10 5 whatever it is some people capable of sitting down and doing 59 goblin boots in one go then 59 goblin hands in one go and and whatever but um yeah, you just gotta. It takes sometimes you find out what your perfect level is the moment you've completed the army, and you're like, Oh, I wish I knew that beforehand. <laughs> I, I tend to start big and go down small. So, like, I would go right, say, for example, when I was doing my clan rats and I had uh, 120, and I went, Okay, 120, I'm gonna get them all sprayed, all dry brushed, all inked. Okay, now I need to start painting details. Well, I'm gonna take 25 and I'm gonna do all the skin. And then it was like, 
and then I'm going to do the next 25, do all the skin. Then I'll do the next 25, and then I was like, I'll do 10, do all the skin. Then I'll do 10, do all the skin. And I would, I would do the skin from start to finish on rather the but rather than doing 120 base coat the skin 120 wash the skin 120 highlight the skin because i knew that it would be quicker to me to to break it up doing the dry brushing and the inking i can do that over 120 models in one sitting because it's it's messy it's easy and it it's like you're getting a lot of paint down on the model you're seeing a lot of progress quickly um so for it, that that kind of thing's really like uh you know it's really important when you're planning your hobby it's like i won't be doing that on my cradron so but i won't be painting like 40 arconauts in one go i will probably airbrush all of them in one go and then i will take five or ten and paint them then take the next five or ten and paint them um i tend to as well like if i've got like multiple units and i've got like a champion in every unit i might take the like the champion and the special weapon do them in one batch or the similar similar type of model if there's like a a difference interesting one yeah so almost like take i've got so say for example my arconauts i've got like four units i've got like i don't know what's that 12 sky pikes i might do all of those in one go um so or sky hooks whatever they're called um so i think uh yeah i mean that's that's a really important thing to know when you're doing a hobby project but it's part of the re- also i'd say if someone is planning on doing something like that it's important to do um do your test models and this is exactly how i went around it with mine three test models one of each model in different colors once you've picked one then before you go through to the army do a test unit or test batch so do a 10 or a 5 or whatever it is because it's extremely easy to paint one guy and spend five more minutes doing this and five more minutes doing that. When you're doing 10, then you will like, that's like the, you, you 80, 90% know what you, you're doing. And then you hundred percent confirm whether you should be doing it like that or not the moment you test out the 10. So there were things that I spent too long on, on my test model, for my blood letters that I realized instantly the moment I had 10 sitting in front of me, weren't going to be practical or a good idea. Um, so if you are planning on approaching things in like mega batch or you've just got the same unit or model repeated that many times in your army like Terry has and, and I have uh, with the blood letters, I'd say like unless you're very, very sure of yourself, it's worth doing a test batch of five or ten at least just to make sure that actually what you're thinking of doing is a good idea. Because it could be that you just look at them and think, I've got to remove three stages from this, otherwise I'll kill myself. Yeah, and I think... Um... That was kind of the deal when I did my clam rats. I'd already painted some scaven, so I knew how I was going to do it. It wasn't like I was, I was trying to find my way as I was doing it. Um, so that's it. I mean, I remember doing my Phoenix Guard for my elves. Um, when I revisited them, I knew the colors I was going to use. I knew the scheme. I knew the palette. I knew the style. But um, I had to um, break it up because I just couldn't do 20 in one go i base coated all the metals and did all the metals in one go and then i went right now i'm going to take 10 and then i did two batches of five and that gave me my 20 uh, and in one of those batches of five was the command group because they're a bit more to them than the um than the rest of the guys you know have the banner and doing the freehand but yeah anyway if we've somehow got onto painting again i guess this is you byron your bad influence Bonjour. Or yeah, good influence. Sorry about that. <laughs> sorry. Um, so, Terry, um, talk about gaming then. So, Blades of Corn, 
you borrowed my army, didn't you? Are you? Is yeah. that the list you're going to be working on getting ready? Are you doing something different? I'm doing something a bit different. I'm going to take Gore Pilgrim still because it's strong. So it's going to be very similar. I'm dropping the Bloodthirster and I'm putting more Bloodletters in. And I'm dropping the Skull Reapers and I'm potentially putting more Bloodletters in. I think I'm going to have about 70-odd, maybe 80, and put the Murder Host Formation in there. So... The Bloodthirster, the Skull Reapers, and I think five Blood Warriors are getting dropped out for more Bloodletters and a Skullmaster. So, similar, you don't have the can opener that is the Bloodthirster, but 30 Bloodletters is a can opener on its own. So, yeah, I guess so. I, do you I think, think you're going you're gonna to miss the his command ability and stuff like that, or how do you think it's going to no. play out on the table? Because the murder host gets to move 2d6 at the start of the game. So you're already moving across the table faster. So you don't really need the run and charge. I've still got the whip there. Because like, if you think about it, if you move him before the start of the game, it's fine. As, but then you're kind of forced to take the first turn. Whereas with the run and charge... You can kind of go. Well, you take first, and I'll play for the double, and I can still alpha strike. I can still strike I, you. I think well, you need to take the first turn because you need to get the banner planted. Well, this was going to be my it, question. It, are it you... entirely depends what you're facing, right? Are you? It does, yeah. But I, I building just think his getting that banner that down though. is so important. Well, that was going to be my next question. Like you are, so you're you're building an army where you would say in nine times out of ten, you, you would want to take that first turn if you have the choice? Yeah, because I'm building the list to go really aggro with people How many... I want I want to get across the table. Sure, is it two drops? Uh, no, it's three, because it's Gore Pilgrims. Oh, no, it's two Gore Pilgrims. Oh, no, three, because the whip isn't in the Gore Pilgrims. So no, it's, it it's Gore Pilgrims, Murder Host, and a whip, so it's three. Okay, then. then... Potentially the whip could be dropped for two. Yes, but oh, you don't want to drop whip. whip. I don't think you drop the whip. The whip's too good, man. Reroll ones to wound and plus three to run charge. It's just too he's, good. It's too good to guarantee that charge is too good. And, There's so many times have you have you yeah eighty points bargain. I mean, how many times have you done a charge and rolled a double one? It just stops that happening. Stops that being a thing. That's why like yeah. the deaf the deaf musicians are so good. Being oh you know charge a six guarantee. It's just like well I know I can make that charge. I don't have to roll. There's no there's no random luck involved. It's just gonna happen. Yeah. Um, and it also you... means that in scenarios where you need to start scoring, like um, border wars, you can if get you want to get your ten yeah. blood warriors, whip them, and you run, and then you know you start twelve inches on. You're moving your five with your run and the extra three. You're probably going to make that objective turn one. And yeah. then that's a problem for your opponent because then they've got to get eleven models there or kill your blood warriors, which it's not an easy, you know, thing. So that's what I'm well, working on. I have so just made another list. <laughs> so obviously he's cheaper than the than the bloodthirster, but you think he he's possibly geared more towards scenario utility play rather than cross the table and kill took, your opponent. I took the bloodthirster because I just wanted to murder stuff with him. <sighs> I think they're just not that survivable, unfortunately. With the with just there's so much shooting and magic in the game. He's he dies. Yeah, but he's he dies he's pretty good at shutting magic down, though, isn't he? He is with the plus two to cast, especially when you're forcing your opponent to re-roll. But when you're playing like a Lord of Change and they just go, "I've I've rolled a fourteen, you can't stop Extreme it." Extreme like, example, but yeah. So, well, 
when when they're getting plus one from arcane plus one I meant, from their command ability, meant going like, to the best caster in the game is the thing but, that, but you, that's, that you that's struggle the problem with. is is you play lord of changes are, are about at the moment of course you know, they are. are good destiny dice are strong when people when they want to get that spell off and they just go oh, i'll just use those two sixes uh, yeah, but then that's two that. sixes out the out the pool, isn't it? So I know, but if it's a gateway in your face, <laughs> it's probably worth it. I should have shot him with the skull cannons. Yeah, <laughs> even though it's their turn first, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I have just written a list with three skull cannons in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with your your list that you're intending, then your first turn list. All of the things that you think are bad matchups for you are they predominantly more drops than your list? So is it the mixed the mixed chaos armies that got like seven eight nine or, or? I think the annoying ones would be the one drop zinch multitudinous host things because they're a pain in the ass, um, or duplicitous whatever it is the the one where it's. I think every... you had it right the first time. It was it was that, but it's with the other one inside it. Next, it's two two formations inside one or something. Well, probably knowing zinch it is yeah yeah. Um, that one's, I think that's going to be a, a little bit more. I think people see that now. Now it's been about some people pick that one up because it's quite fun. Um, Stormcaster, they're not really that many low drops anymore, are they? Now Warrior Brotherhood and it's not everywhere. I mean, how many drops was your Weymouth list? Oh, loads like nine or something. But, yeah, so um... I, I don't think you have to worry about. Silverneth, maybe they're usually one drop. Aren't they're they? always one drop. Yeah, I mean, out of interest. So you're you're saying you want to go first with your army, right? Yeah. Is that is that right? I mean, like, do you not do you find that that's a problem? Like building an army around having to go first? No, no, it's not built around going first. It's just nice to be able to go first and being low drop means you can you can normally take that option. I I find that when like with the Silverneth, like if you take like Naru. Which you do because you're playing basically Sylvaneth is Nar route, right? So get one drop, and you need to put your woods and get all that stuff down. Yes, yeah, so so you've got to go. go first. Yeah, but you've got to go first. And I'm like, sometimes I'm just like, I don't like having the option taken away from me. No, this I think this list I've, I'm going for can do both. So yeah, you can so you, go to you, your, you can you can yeah, depending on what you're you can playing. just go to your opponent. Well, I'm deployed. You crack on, mate. You can take the first turn. You haven't got any shooting, so you can't do anything. If you charge me, you're going to be running into little tens of blood letters and blood warriors and you're not going to kill anything worth a damn and then i'm potentially going to double turn you back with blood tithe so and all those extra charges and combat it's going to be horrific so so all good against iron jaws right oh i think it'd be amazing against iron jaws <laughs> I, 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 I don't even think they have a chance yeah i they just can't kill. They won't kill anything. They'll come in and kill some men, and you'll go I cool thirty bloodletters, kill all your brutes. Dead. The meta has definitely moved in a way that they're just not. They're just not even. They're just weaker now, aren't they? Yeah. There's too much shooting, and the the combat army from Corn is is powerful. Like, I mean, they, they should be. They should be like the best combat army in the game, shouldn't they? Yeah, they should. I mean, with orcs just behind them, potentially. Yeah, possibly. I I think the the corn stuff should. Should be amazing, and well, from what it sounds, the book you've played a tournament with it, you did pretty well. You're you're going to pursue the army. Um, there's options in there, so I know we did a very quick 
corn review on another show, but I just wanted to kind of revisit them after we've had we've cut our teeth with them a little bit. Yeah. Um, I certainly haven't played with them yet, and I've not, to be honest, I've not looked at the book that hard. I, I assume that obviously we're going to talk about corn a lot uh, in the future because oh, yeah. obviously if you two are both playing it, then it's going to come up quite a bit. And you've um, got your Bloodbound as well, so I'm, I'm guessing you're going to give them a go with this book. You've got um, an army to play I, I've with. I've got an army, but I, I've not really thought about playing with them, and, and that's a bit weird, you know? I mean, um, obviously, I kind of like I kind of like moving on from the corn, um, but, but it's new, so you can move on back onto it. Yeah, I can. I can, but I'm at the moment, I'm just, I am literally focused on the Caradrons. Um, yeah. And, and that I'm really excited about playing them. I think they're going to be just like an, an absolutely blast to play with. Uh, it, it, pardon the expression. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I am. I'm pro- proper excited about getting the army on the table, getting some yeah, games under mine. my belt. It, well, it isn't. It isn't. I think there's there's a lot to be said. I mean, like you said, you've got to get board position. You've got to get objectives. A lot of the shooting is short range. A lot of it only hits on a four. Um, there's not very many ways to get pluses to hit. Um, you don't really like taking down terrain because you're all low wound models. Um, they're quite susceptible to battle shock. I think the army is going to be quite hard to play with, um, and it's going to be quite yeah, interesting. I, I think that as well. Um, like, I think I think Zinch is quite easy, and I think Corn's relatively. I think I think with corn a bit harder than Zinch because you don't get the guaranteed fate dice to just take away a lot of risk and stuff. I think with Zinch, um, you have got to you've got to have a strong army. I mean, let's discount Skyfire spam. So if you're playing like a sort of, I think Zinch are an army that gives you a lot of control. But if you misplay that control, it's a problem. It's a bit like the old Stormcast army where. You um, can drop down, but if you if you misplay the drop, then actually your opponent's not influencing that. It's all you basically. You're you're making yeah. that call. It's your if game you mess that away. up, then you yeah exactly you're throwing it away. I think with corn, um, it's easy to to put a corn army on the table and run it across the table, and you might win some of your games, and you'll probably lose quite a lot of games, and you'll be a bit mediocre. I think what's going to separate the the kind of the best players from the sort of mediocre players is how well you use the options Blood in tithe. the book, like the Blood Tithe especially, um, and things like we talked about using the move to move your Sorter Priest to pull the thing off the objective, you know, thinking about using off-the-wall choices, things that you don't see... Um, you know, trying out some of the different formations and, and, you know, like knowing when not to fight. You know, like when someone puts a Star Drake in your army, just run away from it. You know, yeah. I mean, there's no point fighting it. I mean, that was what you did really well when you played me. Um, so I think, I think, you know, what separates a, a good player from a bad player is still true. Um, I think what's, what's very clear is that corn can be competitive, um, uh, in match play. Which oh, is great, definitely. you know. So, yeah. um, I'll be quite looking forward to see how you get on with them, and and if you you end up taking skull cannons in the future, because uh, I've got I've got a soundbite this these clips from this show just for that that episode. So, uh, when you start singing their praises, outside of the formation, <laughs> I still think they are absolute junk. 
<laughs> formations may make them viable. I'm still not convinced, but I think they're absolute junk if they're not in the formation to actually get more value out of them. You have to pay for the formation, so you're making the skull cannons more expensive, which is shit. But if you roll that three and you get to fire six times with your three skull cannons in one turn, it could actually be good because effectively your, your skull cannons are two shots each, which could make them good. So on paper it sounds good, but having used four in my list at the Masters two years ago and not killing anything in one game with four skull cannons... You just look at it and go, that dog shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'll be I'll be getting the uh, cannon woes from my Kradjon because uh, obviously cannons that hit on a four rather than a three. Um, uh, I will I will probably have similar experiences, but Wait, I think on a two. Yeah, it's easier to buff the hit roll. And not in there's nothing in a Kradjon army really. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but you. Can, I mean, on an ironclad, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because you can damn terrain then heal um, with your engine master and your engine riggers. Um, so I think, well, this is the thing, right? This is why I'm excited about Kradjon. They, they just seem really cool, uh, very different, and lots of options. So uh, I bet I bet pull my finger out and get the army ready. Really, you know? that's the yeah. I think got many excuses really. Oh, so, wow. Well, yeah. Same Maybe like fifty dudes, it'd be fine. It's the ships I'm <laughs> I'm freaking out about. Um I've got I've got six um Skywardens, six Endrin riggers, um twenty guns drop funderers, uh forty Arconauts, uh three Aether Chemists, two Endrin Masters, two Navigators, a Navigate a Admiral, um two gun haulers, two frigates and an ironclad. So it's quite a, a few lot. options. I, I basically wanted all the options I needed, so I bought all of it. Um Apart from um, Baraknar, special character dude, because I'm not playing Baraknar. There will be a time in the future I will run him and be like, he's a special guy from another port. Um, and I'll be a, a hypocrite, but oh well. <laughs> so, how much of it is assembled then? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've built a gun hauler. Uh, I've half cleaned up a frigate. I've built 10 normal dudes. Um, I've done five Thunderers and I've done the Admiral. It's not That's a lot. pretty good. It's not Where a lot. Are we going to see a test model then? Uh, probably in two weeks' time because I want to go to Sprocket first. Okay. Or Sounds I good. might do a test model to take to Sprocket to get some advice. There we go. Both Maybe that one. Scenarios. Maybe yep. this weekend. Who knows? They'll see one soon. I will post Fantastic. something soon, as soon as I have one. Um, okay, well, I think that about wraps up this show. I know it's a bit bit random, but um, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about... I think about there's some corn juicy and... corn nuggets in there. <laughs> juicy corn nuggets. Think, they'll, they'll think back and go, ooh. I remember listening to a podcast, and they used to call them corn holers. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, Chaos Warriors of Corn with um, Halbers. I think it was Podhammer, actually, yeah, um, back in the day. But, uh, yeah, so I think... Um, I, I, I'm excited about seeing what happens with Corn. Um, I think I think I will play Corn at some point. I definitely want more Bloodthirsters because they're just so cool. Um, yeah, but we would be interested to see how your Bloodletter hordes get on and things like that. So, right, I think that about wraps it up. Um, next show we will do something. 
probably try and get Les on when he's around to do a South Coast and Heat wrap up and um uh, we'll obviously talk about our experience at Sprocket. Um so and we'll try and if we do that Twitch paint day thing, we will try and give people plenty of notice for that and um FaceHammer's all sold out. Have we got one ticket? There's one ticket left. One ticket. Maybe by the time this comes out it's sold, but if Let's it's have not, a look right now, let me, let me double check right at the Get yourselves on the reserve. If it has sold out, uh, get yourselves on the reserves. Um, there's still a fair few months to go. It, yeah, it will I'm sure there'll be drop getting a ticket. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and there's going to be fancy dress. So everyone should fancy says, dress. Cause... Says Byron. Yep. I think gonna... there's two tickets in stock by the looks of it. Yeah, and... It looks like there has been a ticket refunded. So there's two. So if, if you and your mate are thinking of going, just fucking crack on getting there. Do it. Yeah, it and everyone good. should turn up on the Friday because that'd be awesome. Yeah, there'll be some Warhammer skirmish going on, no doubt. Lovely. All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, and we'll catch you next time. Oh, players. To make sure you don't miss out on any Warhammer to your face, subscribe to us on iTunes, add our RSS feed to your reader, and follow us on Twitter at facehammer underscore. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.